Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show, The Sports Cage, on 620 CKRM. Here's Sean Kleisinger. All right, here we go. It's a snowy Wednesday. Downtown Regina, the snow flurries are falling. Sean Kleisinger alongside Ryan McNally across the board from me. From Western Academy Broadcasting College to the 620 CKRM Airwaves. Here we are, Ryan McNally. It's going to be a fun show today. And today's show is brought to you by the Connexus Arts Center. High Valley with Tim and the Glory Boys. Coming up here on February 20th at the Conexus Arts Center. Tickets available at ConnexusArtsCenter.ca. That's the place to go for all the concert listings and all the tickets that you want to see. There's a lot of big-time shows coming to the Queen City here in the very near future. Not only High Valley, but uh, we also have, not at the Conexus Arts Center, but... uh, if you're a fan of all type of music, I know my friend was talking to me about this the other day. Matthew Goods coming to the Casino Regina. That's a few months away, April 27th. But for a full listing on everything happening, you can always find it on 620CKRM.com. And we have a nice show lined up for you today on this very, I was going to say frigid. It's not really too cold outside, though. It's just very snowy and very mucky outside today. And uh, the text line Three zero six nine three six six two six two. All things riders and free agency related will be coming up today at five thirty p.m. on the Western Pizza Hotline as the color voice of your Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Luke Mullinder, will be joining us. And yes, it is a huge week in the Canadian Football League. Things are not official yet, though, until the pen is on paper until you know the contracts are actually signed and that can start happening next week but with that said we do know a lot of things are in the works such as star studded running back from the Toronto Argonauts AJ Ouellette looks like he's going to be with the green and white so many more acquisitions up in the air right now so all things riders and free agency related coming up at 5 30 p.m today with luke mullinder so make sure to tune in and if if you can't tune in live you can always go back and uh, find it on demand and very excited for this as well coming up also in hour three of the program today ryan Getzlaff. he was in town on the weekend for the rider charity hockey game and uh Some very cool news regarding that charity hockey game came out today as far as the amount of funds that was raised. And Ryan Getzlaff, I believe he's back home in Cali right now, but Ryan said that uh, he was going to, you know, hop on the Western Pizza Hotline coming up here in Hour 3. So very excited to chat with Ryan Getzlaff, Stanley Cup champion. You don't need me to tell you anything else. He he doesn't need any introduction. It's Ryan Getzlaff. So very excited to chat with him. Farhan Lalji, he's going to be joining us live from Vegas as well. He's uh, live on location at the Super Bowl. We are inching closer day by day, hour by hour to Super Bowl uh, weekend. Kansas City Chiefs. San Francisco 49ers 
It's going to be a slobber knocker, as Jim Ross used to say. So any thoughts on your mind? Anything you want to get off your chest? 306-936-6262 is the text line powered by Capital GMC Buick Cadillac. And you can also call us at that number as well, toll-free, 1-866-767-0620. And last night, the talk... Well, the main topic of conversation, I feel like, around these parts at least, was the Edmonton Oilers. The Edmonton Oilers came in last night striving for their 17th straight win. It did not happen. They lost to the Vegas Golden Knights. It was a... it was one of those games where you thought, okay, Edmonton, they're off to a really good start here. Connor McDavid, Potts went home early on. It was one nothing, But then nada, nothing after that, Ryan. 3-1, the final score in favor of Vegas. So this time around, the Edmonton Oilers will not be catching the Pittsburgh Penguins. So I'm sorry, Edmonton Oilers fans. Hey, pretty historic, pretty historic run, uh, you know, but... Uh... Yeah, you can just kind of see it uh, in that third period with uh, Connor McDavid. You know, the shots on the bench. He, he was frustrated. You know, that uh, team was, you know, uh, definitely wanting to get uh, number seventeen. But uh, hey, always time to start a new streak. Always time. Yeah, I don't think we're gonna see something like that anytime soon. I could be wrong, but I know Calgary Flames fans right now are thinking that they're gonna be on a huge streak because they came out of nowhere last night and beat a pretty good Boston Bruins team in Boston. Four to one, but maybe I'm no Flames fan or anything. I'm just here to tell you, maybe just cool the Jets a bit, Flames fans. (laughs) You could be excited, but let's not start our parade anytime soon. It was a nice win last night, though, for Calgary. Yeah, I was gonna say pump the brakes too. Uh, (laughs) They're also the same uh, types of fans that will tell Leafs fans to calm down after a win too. So, uh, as as Leafs fan myself, I'm just gonna you know issue that little teeny tiny reminder that. you know, Flames haven't won a cup since 89 either, right? Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it, but again, last night, good win. Uh, also, th- uh, thanks, uh, Calgary, for that win. Cause again, as a Leafs fan, anytime Boston loses, that's good news. Yeah. And so. as a Canadian fan as well, anytime Boston loses, it was kind of 50 50 last night for the Canadian franchises in the NHL. Montreal did win 5 to 2 over Washington. I already mentioned Edmonton, they lost. Calgary with the win and the Winnipeg Jets. They got shut out in Pittsburgh, three to nothing. The final score. Oh, and uh, Vancouver, they won last night in Carolina, three to two, I believe, was the final score in that one. It's a bit of a more quieter night in the National Hockey League tonight. Just three games on tap. Your, uh, I was going to say your Calgary Flames, Ryan. Nope, your Toronto Maple Leafs at home to the Dallas Stars. That's a six p.m. puck drop, Saskatchewan time. The Chicago Blackhawks on home ice versus Minnesota, and the New York Rangers. They are at home in the Big Apple at MSG to meet the. Tampa Bay Lightning and I was following this last night and maybe some of our sports cage shareholders were as well but there were a couple really exciting games in the SJ last night I think there was eight goals scored in the first period in that game in Weyburn last night the Melfort Mustangs and the Weyburn Red Wings and ended up being a six to five final score in favor of Melfort I think it was five to three after the first period of play so uh, Melfort with a big win last night Flynn Flon they barely got by Melville and we heard Kyle McIntyre the commissioner of the SJHL on the cage yesterday he was saying how Melville they always play Flynn Flon very, very tough. And we saw exactly that last night. Flin Flon 
barely getting by 3-2 to two the final score. And the other game last night, Yorkton with a nice win. I believe that one was in uh, in, in overtime, I want to say it was. 5-4 uh, to four the final score in favor of the Yorkton Terriers. And it's a quick turnaround for the Terriers because they're back on the ice tonight in Kindersley. And one other game in the SJ tonight, Flin Flon, is in Wilcox, Saskatchewan, to meet the Notre Dame Hounds. So... Uh, heavy favorites, I would say, in that one goes to Flin Flon. And I already mentioned the big news, you know, in the sports world locally here when it comes to the Saskatchewan Roughriders. A lot of buzz happening around free agency right now, and not only for the Saskatchewan Roughriders, but around the whole league as well. The Calgary Stampeders, it looks like they have agreed to terms with veteran quarterback Matt Schiltz, former quarterback, of course, with the with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. And a big note out of Ryderville today. Now, let me just preface this by, by saying it's not official until the pen's on the paper, remember. Canadian linebacker Adam O'Clair Looks like the Rough Riders have agreed to terms with him. So, like I said, we won't know until next week when the official releases come out. But by the looks of it, it looks like the Saskatchewan Rough Riders have landed another uh, defensive piece. A lot of moving parts happening right now in Ryderville. And it looks like we saw this yesterday. The Riders look like might have found their replacement for Nick Marshall as the Riders have agreed to terms with defensive back Jalen Edwards Cooper, former uh, defensive back from the BC Lions. So this and so much more chatter when it comes to this CFL free agency is coming up with Luke Mullinder at 5.30 p.m. here on the Sports Cage. So make sure to tune in. And uh, I'm very interested to hear Luke's take not only on CFL free agency, but might get a little bit of a mm, Super Bowl prediction from Luke Mullinder, as this might be the last time we chat with Luke before a kickoff happens in Las Vegas, Nevada this weekend. All right, we are going to step aside, have a quick break here. Coming up at the bottom of the hour here, Russ Howard. Day by day, hour by hour, we are getting closer to the briar here in Regina, Saskatchewan. And Russ Howard, Canadian curling legend, will be joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline. That's coming up at 3.30. You are listening to the Sports Cage for the Conexus Arts Center on 620 CKRM. It's time to step into the radio octagon. You're tuned to the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. It's 319 inside the sports cage here. Sean Kleisinger alongside Ryan McNally. You can watch a pretty interesting video at Sports Cage on Twitter. You can also follow us at Sports Cage on Twitter. Just kind of scrolling through social media and stuff. A lot of buzz happening for Super Bowl week, and rightfully so. It's the biggest game on the planet. But uh, a pretty cool idea for a Super Bowl party came across this today. A Taylor Swift themed Super Bowl party. So I'm just kind of watching the video right now without the, the volume on. It's got like cupcakes with uh, football sticking out of them. It's got like some Taylor Swift songs on the on the backdrop if you will. It's kind of hard to explain. But if you have Twitter at SportsCage you can watch it. And I wonder, it just makes makes me wonder how many people 
whether they're a Kansas City Chief fan or if they're just a Taylor Swift fan, how many people out there do you think are going to have something like that, like a, a Taylor Swift uh, Swift themed Super Bowl party? Because when I watch this, I'm it, if one's happening, you could probably multiply that by quite a bit. Yeah, you know, and uh, it's the Super Bowl is a kind of a one of those special events too, where even if you're not really a football fan, you still watch, right? Yeah. Um, you know, like even if you're, you know, like us and Green Bay Packers fans, and our yeah, team hasn't go. been in it since uh, 2011, you know, we'll we'll still watch it, right? Uh, but uh, I think it's a great way to include the folks that uh, you know aren't always super huge football fans, but uh, you know maybe they're Taylor Swift fans casually, if that's possible, uh, <laughs> you know. So it's kind of like what the halftime show does, exactly. Well. Like yeah. that, there's a lot of people that. Uh, not necessarily big fans of football, but they want to tune in. They want to see the halftime show. This year, it's Usher. And it kind of reminds me of, of my mom. Not the biggest football fan, but she likes football uh, a bit because she respects you know my passion. But she always loves to tune into the halftime show. And I feel like it's kind of the same thing when it comes to these uh, theme parties and, and such. And by the way, yesterday was the anniversary of that big Super Bowl win. And, yes, the greatest and- six seed to ever do it. That's you know, right. Yeah, you, you had a, you had another point, uh, and also uh, you know the commercials too, right? It, oh. Not so much, not so much for us. I mean, we'll have to see them afterwards on Twitter or Facebook or wherever. I feel but like there's always one or two that kind of sneak through the. There pumps, are, though. there are, but there'll there'll be a fair share of you know the uh, the gambling ads and uh, all those fun things that uh, find their way on TSN or CTV. However, you decide to watch the Super Bowl this year, right? So uh, I've always wondered this too. How come commercials can't always be that entertaining like does it really cost that much more money to have you know a dog running around with a bag of potato chips on his head or something like that like does it really (laughs) cost that much how come commercials can't always be that entertaining how come we can't have a variety like that all the time like imagine how much more fun it would be to sit down on a sunday afternoon and watch a football broadcast if you knew during the commercial break because you actually watch more commercials than you do of the actual football game. How much more fun would it be if you had nice commercials, exciting commercials to watch? Well, and I mean, you Am know, I geek or what? Uh, it could be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's it, it's expensive to make those too. Right. And so, you know, after you make that one Super Bowl commercial, it plays for like six months after. So originally, you know, you think a Super Bowl commercial is pretty funny and then you see it for six straight months. It, it gets pretty old quick, too. Right. So, I, yeah, I'd love to see some of the fresh stuff, too. But, uh, you know, hopefully it can, can can stay fresh, too. By the way, seven million dollars for a 30-second commercial slot for this year's Super Bowl. Ah, you can cover that, right? Oh, quick and easy. Just a quick trip by the bank. and Easy. ATM. So, yeah, 30 seconds, 70, or sorry, $7 million. 70, it will be $70 million in about like 10 years from now, I feel like. Well, yeah. $70 million when you include your guest spots too, right? Like That's I remember right. like the one year like Eminem was on one and that costed a ton of money and you know like that's that's where a lot of celebrities make make a lot of bank this year is you know Super Bowl commercials. And doing the quick calculations of my math, that's about $233,000 per second. <laughs> per second. So one Mississippi. Hey, $233,000. That's what a Super Bowl commercial. It just goes to show you how big this football game is on Sunday. And it's bar none the biggest event worldwide. And uh, who do you got in the game, by the way? I got the Chiefs. It's really hard to bet against Mahomes. Yeah. And 
any bias involved because, you know, maybe uh, – you don't want to cheer for the San Francisco 49ers due to what they did to us Packer fans? Uh, not really. I mean, when it comes to big games like that, it's just who's your quarterback? Yeah. Right? I mean, we've seen it how many years with Tom Brady. And I'm not the huge Tom, I'm not the biggest Tom Brady fan there is either. Right? But, uh, you know, you can't really deny the fact that uh, when the game was on the line, who do you want with the ball? Right? Mm-hmm. And it's the better of the two QBs. And in this matchup, nothing against Brock Purdy, Brock, Brock Purdy, but it's it's Patrick Mahomes, right? Yeah. So I feel like if the Chiefs they start scoring, like score, score, score. I don't know if that 49er offense they are explosive, but they do it in a different type of way. And I feel like if that pressure is laid on Brock Purdy's shoulder shoulders to you know win the game himself and put the ball in the air i feel like this game could get out of hand actually quite early in in the first half but that's all depending on if patrick mahomes and you know the chiefs offense has got to do what they're expected to do i just don't see brock purdy you know winning the game on his on his right arm i just don't see it happening and i feel like that's what this game's going to come down to it's going to be a a sling fest if you will. And yes, that uh, 49ers defense, give them credit too, but yeah. you also gave a coach like Andy Reid two weeks to prepare for them. Mm. Like, to, to me, that's a huge, yeah. you know, deciding factor as well. You know, uh, Coach Reid's a, a hell of a coach, and he'll, he'll be... He'll be prepared for this one. He'll have all the tricks in the bag ready to go. Safe to say if the Kansas City Chiefs win this football game on Sunday, they would be considered a dynasty. I mean, that would be three Super Bowl wins and four appearances dating back to 2019. I think that's the definition of a dynasasty. I'd say it not. I'd yeah. say. And they and it looks like they can keep it going too, right? Yeah. I mean, they they have no signs of stopping anytime soon. It's the, it's the same formula as the New England Patriots said they had a head coach and they had a quarterback and they built everything around that and it's kind of looking the exact same thing with the Kansas City Chiefs right now with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. We're going to talk more Super Bowl coming up at the bottom of hour two as Farhan Lalji will join us live from Las Vegas, Nevada. He's live at Allegiant Stadium. He's all part of the festivities. He's a part of the media day that happened earlier this week, which was crazy, by the way, that media day. They actually sold tickets to people to come in the stadium, sit there, and watch people talk into microphones. Now, I guess there was like an app or something that you could download and, uh, you know, hook up your, your earpieces and listen to it live, but... I mean, that's innovation right there. Now, Arash told us the other day that it's not the first time it's happened, but things are happening in Las Vegas. Farhan Lalji has his finger on the pulse of everything Super Bowl related. That's coming up at 4.30. We are going to take a quick break here on the other side. Russ Howard will be joining us. Friend of the sports cage. It's getting closer to Briar time. Montana's Briar coming to the Brand Center this year. You are listening to the Sports Cage for the Conexus Arts Center. It's 327 on 620 CKRM. All right, just two games in the SJHL tonight. Yorkton's in Kindersley. Flin Flon is in Notre Dame. There was very exciting games last night. Yorkton came away with a 5-4 to win in North Battleford. Melfort, 6-5 to win in Weyburn. And the Flin Flon Bombers came away with a 3-2 to win over the Melville Millionaires. Regina Pats are back at it tonight. It was a tough one in Medicine Hat last night. The Pats looking to get back in the win column in Calgary at the old Saddle Dome tonight. And note the 
start time. It's an 8 p.m. puck drop Saskatchewan time. The pregame show with Dante DeCaria will be on the air at 7.30. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at SportsCage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. 334 inside the sports cage. 306-936-6262 is the text line. Powered by Capital GFC. Ransom, so the text line says, I'm a huge Niner fan, but sadly I think Spags Nine three six six two six two, and uh, we will address your texts as they come in. Also, as well, coming up here in hour two, Farhan Lalji live in Las Vegas, Nevada. He's at the Super Bowl, and Ryan Getzlaff will be coming up in hour three. Ryan Getzlaff was just recently in Regina for the Saskatchewan Rough Rider Foundation. A charity hockey game, and uh, he's going to be joining us to talk all about that coming up here in Hour 3. And uh, coming up right now here on the Western Pizza Hotline, Russ Howard, curling Canadian legend, joins us. Russ, how are you doing today? Really good. Awesome. So uh, another day closer. We are inching closer, and it's starting to feel a whole lot like winter now. I mean, it's been cold on and off, but the snow flurries are falling here in Regina. So uh, it's kind of like the briar weather, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we've had a good stretch. I was going to have to get the lawnmower out there for a while. uh, Yeah, we're back to normal here now, but uh, yeah, we're getting awfully close to the briar for sure. Hey, were you in Regina about a month back when it was like minus 45, minus 50 every single day? Yeah, unfortunately, for sure. Yeah, windy too. Yeah. Did you just kind of huddle up inside and just look out the window and and watch time pass? I wish I could have done that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's about all you can do. Hey, so, uh, yeah, you know, Russ uh, wanted to ask about, uh, you know, some of the teams uh, we already know heading to the Briar. We're still waiting to hear about uh, Alberta, Manitoba, and that third CTRS spot. But, uh, you know, of the list of teams who have qualified, uh, who's surprised you the most here so far? That's qualified? That has qualified, yeah. Well, nobody really, because you, you, you have uh, the defending champion, Gushu, which we already knew. And uh, if he wasn't defending champion, he was going to find a way to get to the Briar one way or the other anyway. Uh, they're always like an old piece of furniture. They're going to be right there at the end, no matter what. Uh, Botcher's had a wonderful year, just that, which doesn't surprise me either with the talent he's got in that team. There's no weak links. Uh, they're the number one team going into this thing. Um, Dunstone is probably a bit of a surprise. He's uh, He lost the Briar final last year in a bitter close one to Gushu, but he has, he's only won like 60% of his games this year, so... He's automatically in, so that's not a surprise, but I'm surprised the way he's uh, entering the event. And uh, what sometimes happens is you, you know you're in as the, in his case, I think the second wildcard spot. So they've known all year that it's the circles for March at the Briar and Regina. So they might have been out playing in the spiels, trying some different things and working on the, the, the little things that might make that a little bit better. So I think they'll be ready too. You know, for Team Saskatchewan, that Mike McEwen rink, uh, this is now his third province he's represented. Do you feel this is his best chance? Yeah, I do. I really do. It's, uh, you know, Colton, Colton Flash is one heck of a player. He uh, He's one of the best brushers out there, and they've got him playing third, but smart enough to have him not hold the broom so he can use his brushing ability. And brushing has become nuts, massive 
so important with the directional brushing. He's got the uh, the weight behind him and the uh, <clears throat> and the uh, the strength to do it. So that makes Mike better. Uh, the front end, the two uh, Marsh twins, uh, make a lot of shots. And I, I think that the type of team, if you get down two or three to Gushu, they might not have the skills to come back. But if they're two or three up on a team like Gushu or Cooey or Botcher, uh, they've got the skills to put the game away. They they can really hit defensively. They're arguably the best team in the field. I was surprised to see not only Brent Lang uh, listed as their coach, but also Pat Simmons listed as an alternate for that team. Both really experienced <laughs> dudes who, uh, you know, when it comes to the Briar, they've been there a ton, right? Uh, how do you think that factors in? Well, it factors in a lot. Now, you know, Dunstone's been there, done it. He was second last year. He's been third year before. It's not like uh, there's too many moments are going to fool him, but why not? You know, Brent Lang's uh, got unbelievable strategic knowledge. Played with my brother forever, won the Worlds a couple times. Played with Cooey. Now, you learn a lot playing with guys like that. And uh, Pat, uh, he's probably, if you have to pick somebody out of Saskatchewan, which they did, they picked the right guy because – First of all, he's a team guy. He's a good guy. He's a great guy on and off the ice. He'll keep them very level. You know, if they, they're not going to get ahead of themselves. They start winning or behind if they start losing. And uh, being the host province creates a whole other set of problems in cases. Uh, not that these guys can't handle it, but Pat will help a ton. They can, uh, they can, um, you know, pick on him uh, to get some good answers because it's a lot more demands when you're the host team. I was going to ask about your brother, uh, Glenn. Uh, how's he doing? His knee's pretty bad. He's, uh, I think, uh, I think the, 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 old, the old cartilage only gets so many attempts, and uh, I think it's it's pretty rickety. And uh, they've had a horrible year. Uh, and I hate to say it this way until they dump Glenn. <laughs> he <laughs> he uh, he just uh, wasn't playing on all cylinders. So then they decided to have Scott sweep and throw last rock, and that didn't work. So when Glenn finally decided to take some games off in BC, Scott became the skip you know, and bottle washer and do everything. And he, uh, he rose to the occasion. He's been unbelievable. They've won 10 games in a row since Glenn had to, uh, sit out with his knee injury. And, uh, they won, uh, big spiel in Penticton and they beat, if I remember correctly, Botcher, Cooey, uh, a couple of American teams, Schuster. Um, they, they, they're really playing well and they went, they just walked through the provincials. So, It'll be interesting to see. It'll be Scotty's first time skipping at a briar, but boy, they were good at the provincials. So, uh, you know, with that three-person team that ended up winning Ontario, is there any uh, chance that uh, we'll find out soon who they're going to pick up for their fourth if Glenn can't go? Yeah, I don't think I, I need to make a phone call. I don't. I don't <laughs> think Glenn's going to play. The last I heard, I haven't wanted to bug him. Uh, I don't think he's going to play. They. They've, I believe Curling Canada is allowing them to pick uh, from anywhere in the country for their fourth. Um, so, you know, you, you've got people like uh, Brent Lang or, a, well, not him now, but uh, you've got, um, you know, John Morris. There's all kinds of people out there that are you know, a little bit younger than the Glenn Scartledge. For sure. Uh, a name folks in here in Saskatchewan may remember, Catlin Schneider. He won BC with a fairly young team, but he represented Saskatchewan, of course, uh, those three times. Uh, what do you see from that rank? Well, a lot of dedication, a lot of hunger. They uh, they decided to put that team together. It's kind of like, again, take don't take it the wrong way, a bunch of guys that got forgotten. You know, when uh, Tyler Tardy left for Cooey, he kind of left the young kids uh, that were the best team in the province. Uh 
on the, you know, looking for a team. And same thing happened to Catlin. Uh, he, you know, he was on a good team uh, with Flash at one point in time, and that broke up. And so they kind of all got together, and they've really worked at it. They played a ton. I think they, I think they got twelve or thirteen spiels in. They were, they were doing what all, all the top teams are trying to do now is try to get that wild card spot instead of having it leaving to, to having to win the provincials to get to the Briar. And they played a ton. They had a pretty good year. Not, not you know, they qualified in a few, they missed in a few, but they were really close to being the last wild card spot. So then they had no choice but to win BC, and they did. That's good to hear for, uh, you know, Catlin Schneider. So even more SAS content coming up here for Montana's Briar. Uh, who do you see as a dark horse this year? Uh, well, it, it could be it could be Scotty Howard. It really could because you're, you're going to you, – you can't count – when you say dark horse, it can't be Botcher, Dunstone, Gushu. Uh, if Cooey gets in, it can't be him. Uh, probably can't be McEwen. Uh, I think they've got quite a good chance. Uh, you might see Reed Crothers get in. Uh, I think I think it's between Reed and my, uh, you know, Scotty. Uh, I think they both those teams are capable of upsetting the uh, the elites. Um, and and you got to remember, it's two pools. Uh, I want to say seven games. Uh, you got to make the top three in your pool for. Maybe a Crothers who's not even in yet, or uh, Scotty Howard. Uh, you really just have to win that right game. Uh, you know, you might have a couple of big names in your pool. You knock one of them off. Um, you're, you're in second place because you, if you if you take care of the teams you're supposed to beat, so it's it's quite possible to have an up, up some type of upset to, to get to that second or third spot in your pool. Russ Howard here on the Western Pizza Hotline, and uh, Russ, this. Uh old question's been just lingering around for years now. It's kind of become the equivalent to will the Chicago Cubs ever win a World Series again? Will the Boston Red Sox ever win a World uh, World Series again? Uh, the Team Saskatchewan, we haven't won since 1980. When you hear that, does it ever kind of just start to peeve you off a bit? Kind of like, do you know what? Let's just get this win already and put this to bed. Yeah, it really does because uh, you know I'm uh, Ryder Green now, and uh, yeah. it, uh, it, it's shocking to me because I, you know, I played, I played in the Briar that folk. My very first Briar, I think I was 22 uh, in '80 in Calgary. Folk won it, and they were the powerhouse. It was probably Saskatchewan, then Manitoba, then Alberta at the time, or certainly all three were close, and the rest of the the country was forget it, and. If you had told me in 1980 that they wouldn't win again, I, I you know, it's just it's just shocking. There's so much talent here. I think that's part of the problem. There's so much depth. They've kind of, uh, you know, killed each other a little bit instead of having like a super team that you're forced to do. And maybe Ontario or Newfoundland or some of these other provinces, they kind of get the best four together and do it. Whereas we might have the best skip on one team, the best third on another. Um, but it's going to happen. But unfortunately, you know, things have changed. Like. You've got three wildcard teams. You've got the Canadian champion. So the, the teams we just talked about, uh, Botcher, Gushu, uh, Dunstone, um, you know, maybe, maybe the, the Cooey's, the, the get, gets that fourth spot. Those teams, in theory, wouldn't have been in the Briar years ago. So Saskatchewan's chances were that much better. So it's even harder to win now. 
Yeah, 1980, Labatt Briar. It was Rick Folk, Ron Mills, Tom Wilson, Jim Wilson. Whenever you hear the word Labatt, it just kind of seems like it was a long time ago, doesn't it? Uh, So how big, how good of a, you already kind of touched on this, but how good of a chance do you think Team McEwen has at, uh, you know, breaking the schneid? Um, Better than people are going to give them credit for. Uh, They're really good. Um, that's the number one thing. And again, are they are if if it was a full round robin, if you pl- everybody played everybody, which would be something like seventeen games, uh, they would come first in the round robin, in my opinion. But they don't have to. There's only um, you know eight teams in each or no, nine teams in each pool, eight games. Um, you only have to come third. Now it sounds simple, but uh, if you look at the pools, there'll be maybe three teams uh, higher ranked than they are. They might be third or fourth in their pool. So it's not a stretch to come third. And all you have to do yeah. is come third and get hot on the weekend. And they're quite capable in a one-game situation. I'm not going to outgrease you, Butcher, or Cooey, whoever the heck it is. Uh, Russ, fairly obvious to me that uh, Brad Gushu, uh, again, favored again, uh, won it last time it was here. Is it fair to say he's got the target on his back coming in? Oh, no question. I think he's won, what, five of the last eight or something, Briars, which is insane. Uh, yeah, for sure. I think Botcher's had a slightly better year. I think uh, um, certainly in the Grand Slams, which is probably the best uh, lit- litmus test for the top teams. They, You know, they all play the best in the world in those four events. And, uh, you know, uh, Botcher's done really well. I think he's, what, second, second, third, and third in those four events. So he's got the edge over Gushu. Other than it's the Briar, <laughs> and that's what Gushu plays for. That's what he lives for. And he, I can see Gushu maybe coming second or third in his pool. But then when you get to the playoff games, how do you bet against him? Yeah, Russ Howard, are uh, are you a big NFL guy? Do you like uh, watching NFL football? Who do you got in the in the Super Bowl this weekend? Kansas City. Yeah, me too. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Mahomes just seems to find a way. Do you have a specific team that you cheer for on a regular basis, or are you kind of just more of a you know kick back, relax, well, and let's watch some football? I I, um, I was a Dallas fan a hundred years ago, but they <laughs> they they've done so poorly. I, I've given up. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, Russ Howard, Canadian curling legend, joining us here on the Washington Pizza Hotline. And uh, thanks for taking a couple minutes here today, Russ, and uh, we'll catch up with you hopefully uh, closer to the briar here. You bet, anytime. Awesome. That's Russ Howard on the Western Pizza Hotline and inching closer day by day to the big event. It's March 1st, and, well, I guess technically that would be one, two, three weeks from Friday. The Montana's Briar here in Regina, Saskatchewan at the Brandt Center. Big thanks to Russ Howard for joining us. We are going to take a quick break. You are listening to the Sports Cage for the Conexus Arts Center on this snowy Wednesday on 620 CKRM. Kings of Saskatchewan Sports Talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. 3.50 is at the Sports Cage and Ryan McNally's telling me his supper plans during the commercial break and it's it's making me all hungry now. French toast. French toast with bacon. Uh, you know, when you got a when you got a pregnant wife at home, she's she's got the cravings and she's got the supper plans. So uh, I don't care what anybody says. Breakfast for supper. Delicious. Chef's kiss. Oh yes. Mwah. 
like any day of the week, count me in. Pancakes, hotcakes, whatever you want to call them. Sausages, bacon. Scrambled eggs. Scrambled eggs. Hit me with the scrambled eggs, man. Yeah. Those scamby eggs, yep. as the cable guy would say. <laughs> or uh, Jim Carrey in the cable guy. Yep. Oh, uh, boy. It's a busy night in the WHL. Regina Pats, they lost last night. It was a tough game in Medicine Hat. Final score there was 5-2. to two. The Pats, they move on up the highway now. They take on the Calgary Hitmen tonight. It's an 8 p.m. puck drop. It's a 7.30 p.m. pregame show with Dante DiCaria. So, Ryan McNally, you have your finger on the pulse when it comes to Regina Pats hockey. Is this Pats team going to make the playoffs? I'm just going hit, to hit you with it straight, man. Like I would highly doubt it, and it's it's more of a situation yeah, where it's, you know, they're a hardworking team. They just don't have the talent for it, right? It would take a heck of a run down the stretch here to do it, but, uh, you know, still a hardworking, fun team to watch, uh, might I say. You know, uh, Tanner Howe's probably going to get picked in the first two rounds. Uh, I have him as an early second-round pick. Um, you know, I'm hoping that uh, Corbin Vaughn gets back from injury here soon, as he's listed week-to-week week with a lower body injury. He's been out since the Christmas break, uh, so hopefully he gets back. He'll likely get drafted, uh, you know, probably sixth, maybe seventh round. Uh, his brother Jackson, same deal. You know, he has that kind of makeup that uh, they both do, really. They're identical twins, identical size. They both have that makeup that uh, teams are looking for now. And, uh, you know, hope they had a really good start to the season, and Jackson's continued that on. Uh, we just need Corbin to get some games and, uh, you know, really prove his draft stock. So what's the time frame for this Regina Pats team to – Maybe an unfair question here, but what's a time frame where we can start to expect constant competitors and, you know, deep playoff pushes like we saw a few years ago? Well, and I'm, I'm fairly confident in, uh, you know, the Brad Haroff, Alan Miller era right now. I mean, uh, it, it looked a little tough to start uh, this year, right? Uh, you know, off to a really good start, started trading away pieces and, instead of adding, which, you know, in the long run makes a ton of sense. Um, so... Hopefully, you know, maybe in two years. I, I'd, I'd say they're two years away from a deep playoff push. Is the key to it just like hitting on your draft picks? Absolutely. Because you, you trade away a lot of players and a lot of capital to get these draft picks back. And I, you would think the key to it, you got to nail on at least, I don't know, 75, 80% of it. Maybe that number's too high, but that's what it seems like it should be. I think also a big thing too, Sean, is hitting on prospects you get through trades. Like mm. They just got a haul from Saskatoon for Alexander Suzlev, a guy that they didn't see at all this year. Right, so basically, you're getting all these guys for free if you want to look at it that way. Yeah. Right, so you're if uh, you're wanting a run in two years, those guys got to be good. Um, the, the guys you have in your organization have to a stick around, but also b improve. Right, you know, uh, take that next step that uh, teams are always hoping that they're you know 17, 18 year olds do in their 18, 19 year old seasons. Yeah, and this is a big game tonight in Calgary because as it sits right now, if we are thinking playoffs. The Calgary Hitmen, they are in the 8th seed right now with 49 points, and the Regina Pats in the 10th seed with 42 points. So they can close the gap just a bit if they come away with a big two points in Calgary tonight versus the Hitmen. But uh, it's been tough sledding a bit, but hopefully uh, the red, white, and blue can string together a couple wins. You've done a lot of games on access, Ryan McNally. 
do a great job, by the way. Thanks, buddy. I, I will say, though, if you want to listen to Regina Pat's Hawk, you got to tune into Dante to carry on 620 CKRM. Option two would be listening. <laughs> but uh, my question was going to be... Uh, any like memory or two that comes to mind when calling Pat's game? Something that like really gets the juices flowing when you head to the rink every day. When you just hope to yourself, maybe a memory like this, a moment like this, can happen again. Has that moment happened yet? Well, uh, for doing play-by-play, Game Six, twenty twenty-three against Saskatoon was phenomenal. Um, that was at the Brand Center. That was at the Brand yeah. Center. I was place, at that game. Place was full, you know, and uh, you know, Pat's gave up a three-one lead, but right after Saskatoon tied it at three who else Connor Bedard goes in scores his final goals of Regina Pat which you know was really cool to you know see and uh, call Um, also every single broadcaster remembers our first game too right so I I remember my first game doing uh, Pat's play-by-play on Access Now TV Uh, Max Paddock got a shutout or shootout win over Prince Albert who was you know one of the top teams in the CHL at that time ended up getting to the Memorial Cup that year too so that was a really cool moment and then also just remembering those moments as a fan and when I was a kid you know going to the games with my mom and my stepdad and you know trying to you know think that oh this could be what I want to do when I grow up and that turning into this is what I want to do when I grow up and me still asking hey or saying hey this is what I want to do when yeah. I grow up right so the cool thing about the game six that you mentioned a lot of listeners out there will share the same sentiment as you know they weren't in the broadcast booth but that is a game that carries a lot of memories uh, for a lot of people I know in-house for me personally that was my wife's first ever live Regina Pats game wow. game six last year Saskatoon Blades Regina Pats that was her first ever game in person I, I told her beforehand this might be the last time Connor Bedard plays as a Regina Pat here in Regina so if you want your first Regina Pats game to be a memorable one this would be the game to go to and so we went to that game and yeah the Pats ended up winning that game six but unfortunately lost in game seven back up in Saskatoon so fingers crossed we'll have a lot more memories to come good memories to come and we will in due time but uh, the Pats are back at it in Calgary tonight and uh, we will go back and relive some of the happenings in that game in Medicine Hat last night coming up here in hour two and also in hour two Farhan Lalji live in Las Vegas Nevada at Allegiant Stadium or he might be I don't know hovering around up and down the strip I don't know exactly where he's going to be but that's the beauty of live radio we will ask Farhan Lalji exactly where he is uh, Arash Madani the other day he was in the back of a of a cab so where will Farhan be today we will find out in hour two hour three remember Ryan Getzlaff will be joining us and Luke Mullinder on everything CFL free agency related that's all coming up on this Wednesday edition of the Sports Cage for the Connexus Arts Center on 620 CKRM. Welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show, The Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Here's Sean Kleisinger. Hump day Wednesday, 407 inside the Sports Cage. Sean Kleisinger alongside Ryan McNally for the Connexus Arts Center today. High Valley with Tim and the Glory Boys coming up February 20th at the Conexus Arts Center. Tickets available available at ConnexusArtsCenter.ca. Makes my day when people walk on by here, corner of 12th and Rose, downtown Regina. It just 
lock eyes with you and give you a nice little smile. Like that person just did. Smiled at me. They didn't have to, but they did. And uh, hopefully I smiled back. I was kind of just caught stunned, and I don't think I gave anything in return. I feel bad about that one. But uh, it's a fun day in the sports cage. We have two full hours left to go, and at the bottom of this hour, Farhan Lalji will be joining us from the Super Bowl. You can always send us your texts, 306-936-6262 on the Capital GMC Buick Cadillac text line. The toll-free number to call is one 767 620 That is the number to call Monday to Friday, Saturday and Sunday. That is the number right there. And coming up here next hour, teed it up at the beginning of hour one, but really excited to chat with Ryan Getzlaff as Getzy was in the province of Saskatchewan this past weekend for the Saskatchewan Rough Rider Foundation charity hockey game. And uh, Getsy was on the golf course earlier today. And, uh, well, I, te- I texted him last night and he said that, yeah, let's do this time. Do you know what? No, let's bump it a bit. So we came to the conclusion 5.15 p.m. Saskatchewan time. We will get a hold of Ryan Getzlaff to talk about that big hockey game that happened over the weekend. I saw that Mitch Picton of your Saskatchewan Rough Riders was a part of that game as well. Brett Lother, of course. So that's coming up next hour, as well as Luke Mullender to give us a rundown on what he thinks of uh, the CFL free agency happenings right now, because there is a lot to unpack there. There is a lot. And it can be a tad bit overwhelming just because it's a real pet peeve when reports come out saying that a player is going to be signing here, and then the next minute it's kind of like, oh, maybe not. So let's just... Get the pen on the paper and get these things signed, and then we can really chat it up. But without, with that said, rather, usually about 85, 90% of the time when a quote-unquote leak comes out, more than likely that signing is going to happen. So Luke Mullinder, he's going to give us his thoughts. I'm going to ask him straight up. AJ Ouellette, man. I mean, he is coming to Ryderville, as it looks like. And I know... Dating back to last season, Luke Mullinder was a huge fan of A.J. Ouellette, so I will ask him about that coming up next hour. Farhan's at the bottom of this hour, and we were talking about Super Bowl parties to kick off hour one. You can check it out at SportsCage on Twitter. Uh, would love for you to give us a follow. Great content every single day on at SportsCage. Uh, tweeted a video of a Taylor Swift Super Bowl-themed party. And it got me thinking. It got the juices flowing in my head. What are my best memories of a Super Bowl party? And it kind of sparked. I don't know if it's a very good memory, but I will share it. But feel free to give us a text, 306-936-6262. Give us your favorite Super Bowl memories when it comes to parties. This is mine, Ryan McNally. And listeners might have heard this before, but it was Super Bowl thirty-two. Green Bay Packers versus the Denver Broncos. Oh, yes. And uh, we all know what happened. That's the John Elway helicopter game. Yes. When John Elway went through the air and helicoptered, and yeah, they ended up winning the game. The Denver Broncos did. Well, my family and I, we hosted our family and some friends at our Super Bowl party. And I believe at the time I would have been like six years old, something like that. 
By the time the third quarter hit, little Zinger, picture baby Zing in his underwear, or maybe don't picture that part of it. Just picture baby Zing. <laughs> was throwing an absolute tantrum. Like, I was, you know, I don't know if I was cursing or not. If I was, I'm so sorry, mom and dad. I'm a, I'm a better boy than that. But I was throwing huge, huge tantrums, like flipping uh, chip bowls, you know, yelling, screaming at the TV because my Green Bay Packers were losing uh, the Super Bowl, the John Elway and the Denver Broncos. And it was the year prior to that that I became a Green Bay Packers fan because it was the first Super Bowl that I remember watching. And obviously, I jumped on the bandwagon of the team that was going to win the Super Bowl, the Green Bay Packers. They started playing great. And I thought to myself, this is pretty awesome. This team's awesome. Brett Favre's running around with his helmet in the air. Reggie White's getting sack after sack on Drew Bledsoe. I'm going to be a Packers fan. So I carried all that momentum, all of that love and passion into the next year's Super Bowl. And I ruined the Super Bowl party. And everybody at our party ended up leaving in the third quarter because of me. So I guarantee you, if you ask those people what they remember about Super Bowl 32. It wouldn't have been, oh, that's the first Super Bowl John Elway won after being, after being to multiple Super Bowls over the years. It's not that. They won't remember that. They will remember Zinger throwing a big tantrum. So with that, do you have a Super Bowl memory, like a party or a memory that comes to mind? Uh, I remember when I almost won a car. No. Uh, through a Super Bowl commercial. Yeah, because it was Ryan M. from Regina, Saskatchewan. So if the Ryan M. from Regina, Saskatchewan that actually won is listening... Hey, feel free to call in, text in, and gloat because, uh, man, the Snapchats from that night were tough. That was the year. That was a different Ryan M. That was a different Ryan Ryan M. from Regina, Saskatchewan that won. And, uh, yeah, for about 20 minutes, I thought I won. And then uh, it leaked out uh, who it was, and uh, it wasn't me. They never called. Like uh, I think it was TSN that ran it. That uh, they never called, but uh, it was the year Nick Foles beat uh, Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Yeah, the, the Eagles Philly special, the Philly special. Yeah, and uh, so I remember that Super Bowl because I thought I won a truck, uh, but I did not win a truck. It was uh, very sad. So was that through TSN? You said like yes. What? Wow. Yes, I thought. Uh, well, again, Ryan M from Regina, Saskatchewan. Like if it's Sean K from Regina, Saskatchewan, you think like. Oh, hey, how many Sean K's can there be? And so you start doing the math, and it's like, oh, yeah, I'm pretty close. Like, I think I, I feel can like do it. for me, it, it would be a tad bit more closer, though, because there's a number of different ways that you could spell Sean. And if it says S E A N with a K, I think I'm a whole lot closer than maybe a Ryan M. That's true. But I feel, did you go through a bit of a morning after? Like, I don't I was, think I would have. Was that before the game or after the game? Halftime? When about uh, that happened? So they announced it at the third quarter. So through, oh. like, the first, like, seven minutes of the fourth quarter, I was just losing my mind thinking I just want a truck. Uh, what am I going to do with this truck? Am I going to sell it? Or, you know, that kind of thing. And then, uh, yeah, it turned into it, it wasn't me. Yeah. So that I sat, sat very silently, watched the rest of the game, and uh, all my friends were taking snaps chats on me laughing and all that fun stuff but uh it's a good fun happy memory now we can joke about it but uh yeah <laughs> at the Bowl time it was it was man. rough yeah it, w- it would have been in that third quarter that it looked like because i believe the patriots scored like two touchdowns in the third quarter if i remember correctly yes. and then uh 
Philly came back in, in the fourth there with like 12 or 13 points, ended up winning 41-33. So whenever I see that Super Bowl now, I'm going to think of Ryan McNally's absolute dagger through the heart. He almost won a truck on that Super Bowl. That's See, I think we have some pretty good stories when it comes. I, I like yours a bit more than mine. It's more... Uh, it's more... I, maybe, maybe not more heartfelt because... I just feel like I ruined. I, I yeah, I ruined a lot of people's day. Yeah, at my Super Bowl party, I made a lot of people's day. Yeah, you made a lot of people's days. So like, I think maybe yours is a little bit more sentimental when it comes to other people involved in the party. But hey, we are going to take a break. On the other side, let's go back to last night. It was a big game in Medicine Hat, and unfortunately for our Pats, they did not come away with the win. But it's a great thing about hockey. Live to see another day. They are back on the ice tonight in Calgary. And before we flip the page to tonight, let's go back to last night. It was after the game. Dante DeCaria caught up with assistant coach Evan McFeeders. We will uh, relive that conversation on the other side. You are listening to the Sports Cage. It's 416. The flurries are coming down in downtown Regina. 620 CKRM. You're listening to the radio home of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. 420 inside the Sports Cage. Hey, it's time for our Sports Cage clutch performer now. Let's go back to last night in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. The Yorkton Terriers came away with a big win over the Battleford's North Stars, 5 to 4. Was the final score, and the game wasn't in OT like I said an hour. I think I said that in hour one. It was David Overbeek late in the third period scoring the game winner for the Yorkton Terriers. It was 18-13 into the third period of play, and that's his uh, first goal with Yorkton. And, yeah, Yorkton came away with a big win last night, 5-4. to four. And It's a quick turnaround for them, Terriers, back on the ice tonight in Kindersley to meet the Clippers. One other game in the SJ tonight, Flynn Flon is in Wilcox to meet the Notre Dame Hounds. Busy, 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 hockey all over the place. The Pats, they lost last night in Medicine Hat, and after the game, the voice of the Regina Pats, Dante DeCaria, caught up with assistant coach of the Pats, Evan McFeeders. Here's that convo. As we're pleased to be joined with Regina Pats assistant coach Evan McFeeders here on this Leader Post postgame show. Evan, thank you so much for taking the time and joining us following this 5-2 loss here in Medicine Hat. I'm sure there's a lot of things that you like from your game. There's a lot of things that I'm sure you would like to fix heading into tomorrow's game against Calgary. We'll start this interview off with your opening thoughts and remarks on tonight's performance. Well, we knew going into tonight we're going to have to be at our best, and uh, our intensity needs to be at, at, the, at the highest threshold here. And I think we started well in the first, I'd say, five minutes. The game was a soft. We got in behind the D a couple of times, and um, momentum sort of changed at the five-minute mark. They had a bit of a sustained ozone shift. Um, but I thought, for the most part, the first period that we were going, I guess, toe-to-toe with one of the offensive heavyweights in the league in terms of um, just some rush chances. And then <clears throat> what, I guess, extended the score where it got away from us was some penalty trouble, and then their goaltender uh, made some saves when he was called upon tonight. So the shot clock was pretty tight. I think the scoring chances were pretty tight, uh, but they found a way to get the pucks in the back of the net, and they've got some pretty dynamic players there, and that's, uh, that's kind of the difference when their game breakers can find the back of the net, and ours were getting stopped by their goaltender. 
with Regina Pats assistant coach Evan McFeeders here on the Leader Post Post Game Show as Regina falls 5-2 here in Medicine Hat. They look ahead to tomorrow's game against the Calgary Hitmen. Let's talk about that, uh, I guess, opening five minutes or four minutes of the first period. You get an opening goal from Corbin Allman, who has been able to find the back of the net twice in the last week. Uh, what was uh, the feeling on the bench when you were able to get that opening goal from Corbin Allman? Yeah, tons of optimism. This is exactly how we, we wanted to start the hockey game uh, out here on the road. And uh, we had some good shifts even prior to that. And we were getting in behind their D, and our game plan was to, to win the walls. And Because and, we know how aggressive they are coming when they're back in, trying to, to get on their on the forecheck. And we were able to chip some pucks past them and create some odd man rushes. And Slaney made a good play on on his behalf to, to put it into middle ice where we, our slash guy skated onto it. And, and Alms made no mistake. And our bench was had some life. And... Um, it was, it was exactly how we drew it up, but that was only five minutes of a, of a 60-minute hockey game, and we knew that they were going to claw back. And um, if, I guess the moral of the story for us tonight is that we're going to have to be a five-minutes-at-a-time team against some of these high-octane offenses, and if we give them an inch, they, they're going to be able to put some pucks in the back of the net. So you and I talked before the game, Dante, about trying to make sure this wasn't going to be a, a game where it was going to try to outscore our problems, and I think when we're asked to score six goals against that team, it's going to be real difficult, and not just for us, but any team in the league. Yeah, you're definitely right about that, Evan. They came into today's game only averaging just over three goals against per game, which is the sixth lowest in the WHL. They scored the second most goals for, on average, at 4.37, and they scored five goals tonight. So, again, you and I had a little bit of an idea that would happen. But I'm not too sure if you had an opportunity to look back at some of the grade-A scoring chances and the analytics, but you have to be pretty optimistic heading into tomorrow's game against Calgary, knowing that you played a really good team in Medicine Hat, again, tied for second with Moose Jaw in the Eastern Conference, given that you had so many great opportunities to score. I mean, I counted at least maybe three or four opportunities in which it could have been goals in the back of the net, if not for their hot goaltender on the other side. I think we had four clear-cut breakaways. Um, yeah. To, to be honest, Dante, and that, that's not even counting the two-on-ones or three-on-twos or uh, a couple of good looks in the power play, albeit the power play looks were uh, later in the game. Um, but yeah, we, we, we need, we're a rush offensive hockey club, and we need to generate off the rush starting from our zone, getting pucks up and over their their back wall, and um, it, it could have likely been two two coming out of that first period. We had some momentum on our side, um, but their their power play is one of the most lethal in the league, and we gave them too many opportunities to to not just create some offense off of that, but it's tough to battle back when we spend two minutes in the defensive zone, and then even the guys that were taking the penalties, those were. Our, our back end. We had a lot of defensemen sitting in the penalty box and even some guys with some bumps and bruises here. So uh, it was a lot of a lot of heavy lifting from a small group of forwards in terms of getting us out of trouble in the power plays. And that's just how the game kind of went. Five on five, we talked about it as a staff. It wasn't so bad. Uh, it was just the, the special teams where they were able to capitalize on two power play goals and their power, penalty kill was perfect. Joined on the Leader Post Post Game Show with Regina Pats, assistant coach Evan McFeeders. Uh, Sam Maremba was also able to score a goal in this hockey game. Uh, that was then 4-2 in the third period of play with the Pats trailing. He now, believe it or not, Evan, has five goals over his last six games, 15 goals on the season. Your thoughts on how he was able to respond today and, and, and clearly the offense that he's given this group recently? Yep, Sam has been taking some pretty good steps here from, from the Christmas break on, and now he's getting some opportunities by 
just get going into the, the blue paint and getting touches on the puck and that he's shooting uh, in, in some pretty difficult areas. We want to make sure that we try to push Sammy to his strengths here, and he's a big power forward, and big power forwards need to get to the middle of the ice and then play quick off their shot. So the goal that he scored in the past game was an important goal for us. And yeah. again, it's in the middle of the ice. He, he shoots the puck, he gathers his own rebound, he beats his check for the, the secondary chance. And then today, uh, he gets a nice pass to the slot, but he has to get himself into there and he has to drive to that back post and uh, he wastes a little time with his quick release. So it's good to see him taking steps offensively. He's got a track record and a history of producing goals. And um, hopefully this is just the tip of the iceberg here. We still have about, I think it's 17 games left and we want to see him in yep. the 20 goal or 25 goal mark by the end of the year. No, that'd be nice to see, Evan. Uh, really appreciate that. I, I guess my last question before I let you go, maybe two more. I, I noticed that uh, things became a little bit difficult in terms of the amount of defensemen that you had available in the third period. Ty Gibson left the game, and then Slaney was in the box, and so was Carson Haynes. Uh, just maybe a little bit of an update on uh, on Ty Gibson, if he's going to be all right. Yeah, I think precautionary, uh, keeping him out the last 10 minutes of the third period. He's going to get reassessed by our, our training staff today uh, before we hit him on the bus. And then when we get into Calgary tomorrow, we'll have a, another chance to, to look at him. Hopefully he's cleared to play tomorrow night. That's the, that's what we're looking for. And then uh, the other guys, it was just based on some penalties that they had taken. Uh, yep. But it was a good opportunity for Eric Kristanovic to get some more ice time playing against guys like McKenna and getting put out there in the penalty kill situation because eventually we're going to have to rely on him to do so. So for him to go and, and answer the bell today, that's, that's kudos to Aaron. And um, we're going to need some, some quality minutes from him moving forward. All right, it's 4.32 at the Sports Ticker, and it's brought to you by Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They will treat you right. Just give them a call at 781-2090. Three games in the NHL tonight. Tampa Bay's in New York to meet the Rangers. Dallas is in Toronto. I know Ryan McNally, he's set to watch that one tonight. Yep. Yes, sir. Minnesota is in Chicago. And, yeah, we talked about it. Regina Pat's back at it. Trying to rebound from yesterday. The Pats are in Calgary. And note the start time tonight. It's an 8 p.m. puck drop. Pre-game show with Dante DiCaria at 7.30 here on 620 CKRM. Nobody covers your team like our team. This is the Sports Cage on the mighty 620 CKRM. 4.34 on a hump day Wednesday. Sean Pleisinger with Ryan McNally. The sports cage. Seven million dollars it costs for our uh, for a thirty second ad in this year's Super Bowl. And Farhan Lalji from TSN is joining us now from Las Vegas, Nevada. Farhan, that is uh, two hundred and thirty three thousand dollars per second. Can you believe that? It's only getting bigger every year. It seems like. Yeah, it's almost the same rate as it is to be on your show, isn't it? No, it's pretty close. It's not quite there yet. Uh, Farhan, uh, it's National Girls and Women in Sports Day today. Uh, Who first comes to mind when uh, you think of the women in your life in the sports scene? Well, first of all, I mean, not necessarily in my life, but somebody you think about in terms of the impact it made on Canadian sports is Christine Sinclair, right? I mean, she... Uh, represented the Maple Leafs so well for so long and, and played the game at the highest level and arguably the best in the world to ever do it. So, to um, uh, you know, when you think about her in her final year here, it was uh, pretty cool to kind of watch that play out. Uh, in, as far as as far as home, you know, it, it's um, it's a cool time to be, you know, my daughter, right? I mean, at this age where there's just so many opportunities. She's 11 years old and she's 
uh, she's starting to get into basketball and volleyball a little more seriously. And you know, I can I'm going to take her down to the Seattle uh, Storm game when the women's basketball season uh, opens up in the WNBA, and nice. uh, you know, get her to um, meet Kia Nurse, and you know, just to have these kind of role models, right? I, I think it's. Uh, it's such a cool time to be a, a woman in sports just because of all the opportunities that are out there. Is that uh, your daughter's favorite sport, basketball, or is she kind of, you know, uh, feeling out the waters, if you will, kind of choosing which sport she's well, leaning towards? See, my, my daughter doesn't really love me, and the reason for that is that she got into horseback riding. Oh. So that's, that's <laughs> been kind of the bane of my existence up until now. So, you know, we had a couple of horses. We, I, I we remember sold this one now. of them, and yeah. I'm, I, I'm hoping that we can eventually move on from the other and she can transition more into basketball and, and volleyball. So those two sports are new, a little more new to her. She's been in them for a couple of years. She enjoys them, but, you know, before, she, she wasn't showing a lot of daddy love with all the horse stuff. What do you got against horses for, Hanlau? Well, come the on. The cost, no. my friend, the cost. Yeah, I know. It's insane. It, it costs a yeah, lot to do I, anything. I love watching... I, I love watching her on a horse, but yeah. holy cow. Yeah, speaking of costs. I had my son in minor hockey and my daughter in horses, right? So, like, that officially makes me part of the idiot parent club. Yeah, there's no doubt. Speaking of costs and stuff, Farhan. Oh, you're cutting out a bit there. So, do we got Farhan? Yep, we still have him. We still got him? Yeah, I can hear you. There we go. Speaking of costs and stuff, Farhan. Uh, it costs a lot to do anything in Las Vegas this week. I mean, I saw that yeah. there were people in the stadium for media day buying tickets to watch people speak into microphones. That's uh, quite uh, something. So how has the Super Bowl week been so far? We are inching closer day by day, but uh, just your overall uh, feel, the overall atmosphere in Las Vegas, Nevada, as this is the first ever Super Bowl held in Las Vegas in the state of Nevada. Yeah, and you know, you know that like generally the second biggest party on any Super Bowl weekend happens in Las Vegas, right? Everybody migrates here if you're not going to the main city. So there's certainly a lot of people here. There's a lot of events and activity, um, and yeah, it absolutely does have a different feel because you know there's just so many different events going on here. I'm not saying the Super Bowl blends into it, but it just kind of accentuates all of it. So when you you know whether you get to you know any of the big hotels, any of the big facilities, there's something going on. There's a a star athlete that's having an event. There's an award show. There's, you know, there's all sorts of activity and nobody can receive guests like Vegas. Right. So, you know, when you're, when you're on the strip and an event like this is going on, it certainly has a, a different vibe to it. So it is cool. And I'm looking forward to even more people kind of descending upon the city over the next couple of days here. You know, when you get to Thursday, Friday, that's when Super Bowl week really gets going. So uh, it's busy now, but it's only going to get busier. Yeah, and I'm just curious. This might be a, a creepy question, but what hotel are you staying at in Vegas? Are you staying on the Strip? Or are you staying outside of uh, you know Paradise, Nevada? We're just off the Strip, like a block behind um, at a at a Marriott. So right. uh, we're pretty close to like the MGM or the Park MGM, the MGM Grand, kind of that part yeah. of the Strip. So you know, we certainly have access to it. I'm right now. I, I stepped out of Hell's Kitchen. The restaurant, yes. uh, the Gordon Ramsay restaurant, we're having a, a tea meal. I stepped out of that just to, to do this. So that's, you know, right here at Caesars Palace. Yeah. So we kind of have access to everything. And the team resorts are a little bit farther out, right? They're obviously off the strip. Um, but, uh, you know, down here, there's just a, a lot of activity going on for sure. This is Farhan Lauji on the Western Pizza Hotline. So, Farhan, what uh, stuck out in media day? Anything to come to mind when it comes to all those conversations happening on media day a few days ago? You know, the funny thing with media days, it's changed so much. They don't even call it media day anymore. It's just NFL opening night. And, you know, before you didn't have 23,000 fans. Now you've got that. 
So it is kind of hard to get the work done that you normally want, right? Because the athletes have a tougher time hearing you because of everything else that's going on. And um, so, so it is different, right? I mean, during the week, if you want a little more insight, you're more likely to get it there, right? So we've had availabilities. I've spent most of my time with the 49ers. And, you know, I'm just so impressed with, well, first of all, number one, Kyle Shanahan um, is so much more comfortable in his own skin than he was in his first Super Bowl. Right, uh, yeah, I had a chance to cover that one four years ago, and you know he was early in his career as head coach. You know, the last time he'd been to a Super Bowl, he took a lot of criticism for how the Atlanta Falcons blew that lead in the game management and play calling late in the game. Right, um, so now he, he's a little more giving of himself and what he's been through. So he's a, a lot more enjoyable to deal with, no doubt. And then Brock Purdy does, isn't phased by any of this. Right, he is just ready to roll. He's confident. Um, you know, he's comfortable with regardless of the question. Like, I asked him about the game manager thing, right, and whether it's a motivator, and he just he, – he didn't he didn't bite in terms of saying, you know, yeah, I'm going to prove everybody wrong or prove myself right. It was just, you know what, like, that's that's a compliment, right? And uh, and he really believed that. He said, you know, it's a big responsibility to be able to run all aspects of an offense and do it at a high level efficiently. So if that's what people think I am, I'm good with that, right? And just all of that. He's not – he's not um, – you know, with Tom Brady, he wore 199, like, as this badge of honor, right? And it worked for him. Yep. But it was always a chip on his shoulder. Everything's against him. It, you know, and, and when you look at Brock Purdy, he doesn't necessarily view it that way, right? He just said, feels that he's always had, he's always been able to overcome. He's always been able to get it done. He's always been able to have success. So he just believes in his ability to do that, regardless of what anybody else labels him as, right? So he's been a lot of fun to deal with. And, uh, you know, I'm going to spend a bit of time today with, uh, with Kittle and um, uh, Fred Warner, so I'm looking forward to kind of asking them some questions about uh, various different things. So it's um, it's been good so far. I wanted to ask Farhan uh, about uh, what you thought about uh, Travis Kelsey getting booed during uh, media day or NFL opening night. Yeah, you know, it's weird how it goes because really when you look at this team, right, like I, I get why people are tired of the Patriots. I don't understand why people tire the Chiefs. And, you know, so all of a sudden they're getting that much more attention because of the Taylor Swift stuff. So now all of a sudden they're the bad guys, right? And if you look at Patrick Mahomes, he had one moment this year in the Buffalo game when he was really critical after the game of the officiating on the Kadarius Stoney call and all of that. Now all of a sudden he's a whiner. And that's not who he is. He's a pretty engaging guy. He's willing to be accountable and own mistakes and things like that. Like, I just don't view him that way as a guy that's covered him closely and, and been involved in most of those things. He had one slip-up, now he's a bad guy, right? And, and, you know, with Kelsey, all of a sudden, he's got, you know, one of the most you know popular, famous women on the planet on his arm, now he's a bad guy. Like, really? So I, it's interesting how fast that narrative has turned. It felt like it took a lot longer for it to happen to the Patriots. Uh, and the Patriots had Bill Belichick. Like, they, you know, like, of course you should hate that, right? Because he's there's, there's nothing there to enjoy, right? He's just not fun. Uh, to listen to or to be around. So, you know, Brady was great, though. But, it, like, nonetheless, like, it's such a different team. Whereas you look at Andy Reid and these guys, like, they, they savor it, they enjoy it. They're just, they're, they're a lot of fun to listen to. Uh, so I'm surprised it's kind of gone the way it has. But I guess there's some uh, some fatigue. And when teams have a lot of success, you tend to stop liking them really quickly. And, uh, you know, and, and I don't know if there's, you know, Taylor Swift envy or not in all of it. I, I don't get it, but that's how people feel. Hey, Farhan, on Friday, we'll dive more into the meat and potatoes of the game, maybe get a prediction from you and a whole lot more from uh, the Super Bowl. Until then, uh, have yourself a good rest of the week in Las Vegas, Nevada. 
Yeah, and you know what? Hey, I, just on the CFL side, Riders are the most improved team in the league over the last 48 hours. Jeremy O'Day has done a really, really good job. Not surprised because I knew a lot of people wanted to play for Corey Mace, but a lot of interesting moves uh, in free agency, and the Riders have done really well by them. Yeah, and maybe some more moves to come within the next 48 hours from now until the next time we talk, so we'll definitely uh, dive into more CFL stuff on Friday as well. Have a good night, Farhan. Thanks, bud. That's Farhan Lousy from TSN on the Western Pizza Hotline. He's in Las Vegas, Nevada, just got out of Hell's Kitchen, and he's going to be meeting up with George Kittle later on uh, tonight. We're going to take a break in our Where Are They Now Wednesday feature with Sam Ruop is on the way next. You are listening to the Sports Cage for the Conexus Arts Center. It's 444 on 620 CKRM. They're the names we speak with reverence or scream out loud. The names that help define us, inspire us, and build the game that we all love. Each Wednesday on the Sports Cage, we flash to the past with a legend to see if there is indeed life beyond the scoreboard. This is Where Are They Now? All right, back inside the sports cage here on this Wednesday, and it's about that time for our Floor Coverings International Where Are They Now segment. Floor Coverings International has one of the highest ratings in the business, 4.8 stars. So go with the stars of the flooring business. Visit fcifloors.com today, and very pleased to be joined now on the Western Pizza Hotline by this man. This man here has had quite the hockey career. He played with the Prince George Cougars. He uh, then went on uh, overseas to play. I'm going to let him do all that explaining, though. Now joined by Sam Ruop on the Western Pizza Hotline. How you doing, Sam? Hey, Sean. I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing good, man. Uh, excited to have you on here. We had your brother Harrison on. I guess that would have been uh, about two, three weeks ago. Very happy to have you on here. And you're in a scenario right now where it's quite interesting because you are in the midst of Olympic qualifying right now for Team Great Britain. And people listening right now might be thinking, well, I thought this guy was from Saskatchewan. Well, he is from Saskatchewan, but maybe just tell our listeners how uh, you came to be playing for Great Britain. Yeah, so uh, I'm a little bit of a mutt, for lack of better words. My <laughs> my mom and her and her family, uh, born in England, lived in England. She did until she was 21. So, um, yeah, my brother, brothers, and myself, we have uh, Great Britain nationality. So, uh, I got the passport through her, and I, I had to play in the EIHL, the the English league, for two years to be eligible to play for Team Great Britain. So. Yeah, now I'm I'm here in in Cardiff, Wales, uh, United Kingdom, and we're in the uh, first round of the Olympic qualifiers. So it's something quite special. And how's that going so far? Yeah, it's been great. Uh, obviously, last year I, I played with the team and uh, in the World Championships, we were in the second division. We we won the gold medal. So now we we moved up into the top league. So we're going to be playing in the World Championships against Canada, actually in Prague. So. I have some experience uh, with the team and seeing some familiar faces, have some really good friends here on the team. So, uh, yeah, it's been great uh, to come over back to the UK. I've been in Germany for, for the past little bit, so it's it's nice to be back. Do you ever have to, like, pinch yourself thinking, like, wow, I'm over here playing hockey. I'm in Olympic qualifiers right now. I'm playing overseas. I'm playing against Team Canada. Do you ever have those moments where you're like, oh, my Oh my goodness. 
Yeah, yeah, I actually do. And it's, you know, it's not only special for me, but it's also special for my family. You know, every every time I put on the jersey, uh, I'm kind of honoring my uh, my mom and her side side of the family's uh, their history, their their heritage. So, yeah, it's uh, you kind of get those those goosebump moments um, mm-hmm. playing in those big games. And no, I'm I'm just super honored to to be here. So, what needs to happen for Team Great Britain to qualify for the Olympics? What's the format? If you can uh, explain it in a nutshell for our listeners. Yeah, so we uh, in this tournament, uh, there's uh, we're playing against China. Actually, play against China on Thursday, and then uh, Serbia and Romania. So we're kind of looking like the favorites right now to win that. And then the next uh, next qualifying round is in late August, and so that'll be against uh, kind of uh, more difficult teams, if you want to say, uh, kind mm-hmm. of the likes of like Norway and. Uh, I think like Austria, just kind of kind of those teams. So it'll be a little bit more difficult, but don't want to get too ahead of ourselves here. Take it kind of game by game. Yeah. And so this this is Sam Brew up on the Western Pizza Hotline here. Uh, Saskatchewan boy. Tell us about your upbringing, uh, Sam. Our listeners hearing you for the first time here on the Western Pizza Hotline. Where did you play your minor hockey growing up? And uh, take us right through uh, the, your WHL days. Yeah, so I uh, yeah, I grew up in Zener, Saskatchewan, uh, about 25 minutes northeast of Regina, and played my minor hockey in, in Prairie Storm, the, the legendary organization. <laughs> um, went from there to uh, Regina Pack Canadians, and uh, on from there, played uh, my whole WHL career at the Prince George Cougars. And yeah, but just my upbringing, you know, typical normal Saskatchewan farm boy lifestyle if you want to if you want to call it uh, not much else to do besides kind of farming and and hockey so uh yeah very very kind of fortunate and also having two older brothers to kind of show me the ropes of what it takes to to add a little bit of toughness and and play some hockey so yeah, I'd, I'd say pretty pretty normal upbringing for Saskatchewan likes. Yeah, but not every single hockey player gets drafted into the National Hockey League. Talk about uh, NHL draft day. Yeah, that was uh, something very special for myself. Obviously, my my older brother Harry he went through it, and he mm-hmm. was on a sports cage not too long ago, as you said. And uh, so it was it was something that. I really, really wanted to do, and my first year as a 17-year-old, I got passed up, and my 18-year-old year, I'd been talking to some teams, but I still didn't know for sure, and uh, I remember I was driving home to the farm in the morning, and uh, I got a call from my agent, and he said that I'd been drafted uh, fifth round to the Columbus Blue Jackets, and oh, it was it was one of the best feelings I, I've kind of gone through, and it was uh, it made it even more special knowing that uh, fellow friend Ryan Murray was uh, there in the Columbus Blue Jackets organization. So having a familiar face was, was really good. Yeah, round five, 129th overall in 2015 to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Talk about your experience in the National Hockey League as far as uh, going to camps and stuff. What was that like being around uh, NHL players? Uh, it, it was incredible. and. Uh, something yeah, quite special. Uh, every hockey player's dream to to go through the camps. Uh, for me, it was relatively short to uh, to a number of guys, uh, just because I, I decided to 
um, go through the, the WHL scholarship. But, uh, but first, I, I went through a couple main camps with them and got an exhibition game in against St. Louis. And actually, uh, one memory that sticks out in my mind, we were playing against Pittsburgh uh, in an exhibition game. And uh, my brother Harrison, he was with Pittsburgh at the time. So my mom came down and actually uh, both of us, we were a healthy scratch for the game. So <laughs> we didn't end up playing against each other, but we got to, got to sit in the crowd all together. But no, just an amazing experience and uh, uh, something that, that I'll never forget and will always be with me. And yeah, and, um, yeah just, just <laughs> very, very thankful for that. This is Sam Ruop on the Western Pizza Hotline here. Where are they now Wednesday? And Sam is overseas right now. He's in the Olympic qualifying for uh, the Olympics with Team Great Britain. Uh, talk to us about your uh, your club experience over there uh, in, in the UK. I know you were with the Belfast Giants for a bit, and you just mentioned a few minutes ago you are now playing in the DEL uh, too. So uh, what's the season looking like for you right now? Yeah, it's it's been a great experience. I kind of had I've had an unorthodox career compared to many players. Um, just touch on uh, after Columbus, I uh, became a free agent. I I went to Calgary's camp there, and I decided I, I was kind of looking at my brother's situation and how he was grinding out and in, uh, in, in between leagues uh, in North America. And so I decided to take my um, WHL scholarship package. I went to U of S. I, I played there and got my degree and. Uh, agriculture business, something that uh, I'm very familiar with and something I'm, I'm very proud of. So after that, I, I talked to Belfast Giants in, in Northern Ireland, and um, they were offering for me to get my, my master's degree. So it seemed like a, a no-brainer, along with uh, my now my, my now fiance, Lexi. Uh, she did law school in Belfast as well. So did two years there while we were both doing school and uh, got the education out of the way that if uh, you know something, you know, fall out out of love of the game, or if something happens, mm-hmm. you, you know, careers can tend to be short. It can kind of be a fallback option for something we both enjoy. So uh, after that uh, came the opportunity to head to Germany. So actually, my uh, uh, my grandfather, he was born uh, born lived in Germany, and and so uh, through heritage, I, I was actually able to obtain my German passport as well. So. Uh, holding three passports right now, wow. uh, like I said, kind of a bit of a mutt, but no, it, it's been an amazing experience uh, here in Germany, picking up the language, the, the culture is great, uh, the architecture, every, everything is really beautiful, so it's just been, a, been an amazing experience throughout the years, and and uh, something I, I'm just very thankful for the routes that, that hockey has given me. Uh, is it near Munich? Is it near Frankfurt? I, I'm playing in Weisswasser, it is called, and it's uh, it's about an hour and a half from Berlin. Oh, yeah. An uh, hour or so from Dresden. So uh, in, a, in a pretty well-situated location, Prague is about two and a half hours away. So in, in east northeastern Germany. Yeah. Have you had the opportunity to check out any soccer games Sam grew up? <laughs> I actually haven't. It's it's on my bucket list. Yeah. So, oh gosh, the, even in the UK, I, unfortunately, I wasn't able to to get to any games. But gosh, the the fans are are mm-hmm. very passionate, and especially in the in the soccer, the foosball or the yeah. football games, whatever you want to call it, uh, they're very passionate. They also bring that energy into the hockey games as well. 
Yeah, talk about that. How's the atmosphere differ uh, when it comes to hockey in the UK or just overseas in general compared to the uh, the North American game? You know, excuse my French, but like they they just won't shut up <laughs> during. Uh, it's constant chant, chanting, yeah. and, uh, and banter. It's uh, it's very special to play in because the atmosphere is great. Like there, there's so much energy in the building, and it's it's almost tough not to get up for those games. It's yeah, it's something very very special, especially if you're the home team. Like that, that's you know, that's their love. Like they 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 just have so much yeah. passion for the team, and so for you giving it your all, it, it's it's quite re- rewarding. Hey, man, this has been awesome. Sam Ruop, he's currently in the Olympic trials with Team Great Britain. He holds three passports. He's a Canadian. He's a he's an Englishman. He's a German. You name it. Hey, Sam, this has been fun. Uh, thanks for taking a couple minutes. And I know with the time change and stuff, you know, it's, it's quite late right now over there in the U.K. So uh, thanks again. Oh, thank you so much, Sean, for having me. And no, I'm a huge fan of the sports cage. And uh, no, this has been a really big honor for me to be on. So thank you very much. Welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show, The Sports Cage, on 620 CKRM. Here's Sean Kleisinger. All right, it's 5.09. Blurry still coming down, corner of 12th and Rose, downtown Regina. Not too uh, cold out, though. It's Minus, balmy. Yeah, it's balmy. I love it. You were just outside for a quick breather. Yes. Minus one degrees Celsius in the Queen City of Regina, Saskatchewan. I'm Sean Kleisinger. Ryan McNally across the board from me. And coming up next segment, we will hear from Ryan Getzlaff, Stanley Cup champion. will join us live on the Western Pizza Hotline. He was in town this past weekend for the Saskatchewan Rough Rider Foundation charity hockey game up in Saskatoon so want to ask him how that game went any big hits laid any you know chicklets I think that's what they call it in the hockey biz mm-hmm. teeth any chicklets falling out something like that so Ryan Getzlaff coming up next segment and at the bottom of the hour Luke Mullinder on everything CFL free agency because let's be honest it's been a busy busy week when it comes to that in the Canadian Football League Saskatchewan Rough Riders AJ Ouellette Looks like he's going to be signing on the dotted line when CFL free agency officially opens next week. But before we get into that, today is a very special day. It's National Girls and Women in Sports Day. And we are now joined live on the sports cage by Tegan Whitco of 104.9 The Wolf. How you doing, Tegan? Thanks for joining us here. I'm sorry. This is the uh, the best you could get for today. I'm yeah. sure there's much more <laughs> no. qualified women you could get on the show. But no, thanks for having me. I appreciate this. No, the, well qualified. Just t- talk about your history in sports. I have a lot of friends that are sports fans uh, who are girls, grew up playing basketball, volleyball, you name it, in high school. What's kind of your first sports memory looking back at your childhood? Uh, well, we were a football house. Yeah. We watched a ton of football in my place. And uh, I will say, you know, growing up high school, elementary school, I did dabble a lot in volleyball, basketball. Not well, mind you. Mm. Uh, I eventually came to terms with the fact that I am a much better fan than I am athlete. <laughs> so that's kind of where I find myself now. But um, no, I'm running all over the rink uh, for Pats games. I did in-stand for the Moose Jaw Warriors for about 10 seasons, yeah. give or take. Uh, love watching rider games. I go all the time. So I, I'm just a big sports fan in general. What was that like, you know, 
switching colors to be a Regina Pat's <laughs> in-house announcer. After uh, you mentioned it, a full decade with the Moose Jaw Warriors, yeah, biggest rival in I the know. Western Hockey League, arguably, and now you're with uh, the good guys. You know what? My oh, okay, easy now. <laughs> my heart will I almost always got away with it. <laughs> almost. My heart will always live in Moose Jaw. I'm from Moose Jaw, yeah. right? So I, I lived there my entire childhood growing up, and I was always a big fan of the Warriors. But you know what? Uh, the Pats have definitely grown on me in a completely different way. And I, it's fun hockey, man. It's mm-hmm. fun. When the Warriors come to town, obviously, I get I get my fair share of jabs from the fans, but I think it's warranted. Yeah. So you said you grew up in a football household. Uh, what teams did your family cheer for? Like your mom, dad, do you have any siblings that cheered for teams? Was there any, like, uh, big-time arguments, you know? You know how it is in households. Um, You're just going to help me create so many enemies yeah, today. Um, I grew up in a bomber household. Ew. What? It did not take long for me to convert. It's all good. Hey, that's I was fine. the outlier. I how was the one that, that cheered for the riders. How does that happen in Saskatchewan? Right? Well, <laughs> is there connections dating back there? Like, what, they just was somebody born in Winnipeg? Did someone bonk their head? What happened? <laughs> I don't know. They think I'm the one that bonked my head, actually. Yeah. Uh, transplant family from the Winnipeg area. Right. So all my extended family is in Manitoba. Moved here when Makes I was sense. young. So right. I was still impressionable, thank goodness. And I am now cheering for the right team. That's good. And you're also a Cincinnati Bengals fan, too. Tell us how that happened. And that must have been a huge heartbreak a couple years ago. I don't want to open up any old wounds here. But they made it all the way to the Super Bowl, and they lost to the L.A. Rams. Yeah, we're not going to talk about that no. too much. Yeah, let's, Super Bowl let's not week. do it on the past, okay? No. Well, how did it happen, though? How, <laughs> how did you put on the stripes? You know, I was always into the CFL, and it took me a little bit of time to get into the NFL, and I happened to be a free agent when I got together with my now partner, Dane. He was a big Cincinnati fan. Keeping in mind, this was pre-Joe Burrow era, so this was during the Andy Dalton days that I did. So I am a true fan. I will die on that hill. Uh, We ended up going to a game in Cincinnati back in 2016, and that's when I was hooked. I just, the the who day, the welcome to the jungle, the the fan base surrounding them. It kind of feels like a weird team to cheer for, geographically speaking, but I don't know, man. I love that club. I just, they, they got my heart. I don't know what it is. So... You, you mentioned Andy Dalton. How happy are you to have Joe Burrow <laughs> as, as your starting quarterback? I always tell my family this. Maybe not so much anymore because Jordan Love looks like we, you know, hit on that draft pick. But Joe Burrow, I know you like him Love because Joe. because oh. you're a big LSU fan. Love Joe. But uh, is he your favorite player? You think, or is there somebody else on the Bengals that's number one in your heart? I mean, you got to go with Joey B. Yeah. The only thing is, I know as a from a woman's perspective, he was a very attractive pickup. Mm-hmm. Um, but then somebody promptly told me that he looked like a grown-up Macaulay Culkin, and now I can't unsee it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> true. Hey, even a man, like, that is one sexy quarterback. Like, let's not be mistaken here. Joe mm-hmm. Burrow, he has to be at least top three in the league as far as looks go when it comes to quarterbacks. Oh, I, mean, I would say number one. Yeah, probably, I mean. probably number one. <laughs> But uh, so Super Bowl coming up this weekend. We got the Chiefs. We got the 49ers. And I kind of heard you talking about this earlier. There's some good luck foods for Super Bowl parties. And then there's some foods that maybe you should stray away from. Maybe just fill our listeners in on that. That's an interesting conversation. Yeah, well, we're, you know, a lot of people are going to be taking the receipts back to the store now. Like, I can't have this anymore. Well, have you seen the cost of groceries? My gosh. (laughs) Uh, Allegedly, and again, I know everybody has their pregame rituals and their superstitions. Allegedly, what was it? Pizza, cheeseburger, wings, pretty standard Super Bowl foods. Those are the good luck foods. The bad luck foods, it was queso and salsa. It was deviled eggs, 
And there was something else in there. I, I don't know. I think people are just hating on deviled eggs for yeah. no reason. Are you a big Super Bowl party type fan? Like, are you going to have a big Super Bowl party with family and friends? Or is it just going to be you and your significant other kicking back, relaxed and watching the game? Historically, I am known to cook. And okay. I, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I am a pretty damn good cook. Uh, so, yeah, in the past, we've done big Super Bowl viewing parties. But total transparency, I am filling in on the morning show on Monday. On Su- so okay. I will be playing it low key on Super Bowl Sunday. I will be napping so I can catch yeah. the whole game. Uh, but, yeah, it'll just be, you know, Dane and I kicking yeah. back, eating some delicious appies. So the game is in Las Vegas. And I saw I think that was a couple weeks ago you were in Las Vegas. Did you see anything like as far as setup goes when it comes to like uh, Super Bowl merchandise memorabilia when you got to the airport did you see like a super bowl t-shirt like what was the what was the game in the works when you were there i think they were already starting to sell merchandise the day it was announced yeah it's it was everywhere plastered they just came off the formula one races though like right, right off the November, strip there yeah. yeah so they were kind of just that in-between phase where things were kind of the dust was settling a little bit so i didn't really see any infrastructure that was getting set up for the festivities but i imagine Oh, it's probably crazy yeah, there right now. You can see it there on the TV. They're live in Vegas. Looks like they're right behind Paris, Las Vegas, which is on Las Vegas Boulevard. And beside that, of course, is Planet Hollywood. And then you can go on and on and on. Hey, Tegan Whitco, thanks for taking a couple minutes here today and uh, enjoy the Super Bowl. Who who do you got in the game, by the way, before we let you go? Who well, do you got winning? Well, you know I hate the Chiefs after what happened late True. this season. So go 49ers. Okay, she's cheering for the 49ers. You got the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs, are, I cannot cheer for the 49ers. They daggered my heart again as a Packer fan, but hopefully it's just a good game coming up here on Sunday. Thanks for popping by, Tegan. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, That's boys. Awesome. That's Tegan Whitco from 104.9 The Wolf. We are going to take a quick break. On the other side, Ryan Getzlaff on the Western Pizza Hotline. You are listening to the Sports Cage for the Conexus Arts Center on 620 CKRM. It's time to step into the radio octagon. You're tuned to the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. All right, we are endeavoring to get a hold of Ryan Getzlaff. He's a busy man because today he was on the golf course and slipping the good life. And I, I believe he's back in California now. He was in Saskatoon at uh, Belcher Place uh, this weekend, it was, for the Saskatchewan Rough Rider Foundation Winter Classic. And him alongside Brett Lother, alongside alongside uh, Mitch Picton, so many more Rough Riders were in attendance at the big game, and uh, we are endeavoring to get a hold of Ryan Getzlaff on the Western Pizza Hotline. You can always text us up, 306-936-6262, and uh, you can give us a call toll-free, 1-866-767-0620. That's the number to call, and I believe we do have Ryan Getzlaff on the Western Pizza Hotline. How you doing today, Ryan? Thanks for uh, giving us a couple minutes here. You got it. How are you guys doing? No, not too bad, man. So how was the round of golf today? Anything that you can fill us in on? Did you uh, have a good day? Did you have a bad day? What was it like? On the golf course? Yeah. It was a beautiful day. I'll give you that. But that's about as far as it went, as far as uh, as far as my game went today. Hey, man. Uh, so are you back in California? <laughs> Did you hit up a golf course out there? I'm, I'm guessing you're not in Saskatchewan here because it's blowing flurries all over the place. You got in and out at the right time, Ryan. No, I'm back. Uh, I'm actually, and I moved to Nashville this year, so oh. I'm back home here in um, just uh, just south of Nashville. 
Awesome. Do you take in any uh, yeah. Nashville Predator games? I heard that's a great atmosphere to take in. Obviously, you played there a number of times, but uh, do you still like to get out and about and uh, take in an NHL game here or there, or are you more so away f- from the rink? Yeah, I'm kind of away from the rink for yeah. the most part. Um, the only games I really went to is the Ducks. When the Ducks were in town, I went and took the family. So, um, But, yeah, we've, uh, we've been uh, out here for a little bit. I haven't, uh, like I said, I haven't taken in too many games, but. Yeah. So uh, yeah. on the weekend, you were in uh, Saskatoon for the Saskatchewan Rough Rider Foundation charity hockey game. Uh, how was that experience like? I know a lot of fans were excited to see you out there. And uh, uh, just overall, in a nutshell, what was that like for yourself? It was exciting. You know what? It was. Uh, I had a blast. Um, the city, uh, you know, they did a great job. We had a lot of fun. The Rider Foundation really, and all the volunteers really made it easy on us and uh, very enjoyable. It was a blast being out there with my brother again. I've been on the ice with him and well over 20 years, I think. So it was uh, it was a cool experience. Yeah. So were were you on the same line? What was that like? You know, being on the same team, the same line as your brother. Like you said, it's been a long time since that's happened. So that must have been pretty cool. It was. You know what? It was a lot of fun. It was. Uh, we got to get out there and we played together on the same line for the most part, and um, got to connect a couple times for some goals and uh, and celebrate together. So we we really enjoyed it for sure. Hey, was there anybody out there on the ice that kind of caught you by surprise and you sat back and thought to yourself, okay, that guy's got some game. He's not too bad for a football player. Was there anybody uh, like that that you saw in Saskatoon? Um, you know what? There was. I was actually really surprised by a lot of those guys. I mean, there was uh, a number of them could actually skate and um, get around the ice pretty good. So it was, uh, it was pretty cool to see. I don't know if... Uh, if I took that many hockey players out there, if we'd have the same effect on a football field, but you never know. <laughs> yeah, so overall, $75,000 raised from that hockey game, the second annual Winter Classic. When you hear that number, that's pretty sweet, isn't it? Seventy-five grand. It is. You know what? It was very cool, and especially with the growth that they had from the year before. Um, that just, you know, it shows to the, the community and how many how people are getting involved and um, and that's how we raise money at those events. It's through the people that show up, for sure. Yeah, and I saw you guys had some. You guys had some nice uniforms as well. Did you get? Did you get to keep your jersey, your pants? Did you get to keep that? Is it going to go up on a frame in Ryan Getzlaff man cave? <laughs> well, I tried to sign it and uh, let him use it for an auction item, but um, I actually don't know where it ended up. I think yeah. I I might have given it to my buddy at Extreme Hockey, who kind of helps supply most of that stuff. Yeah. So he's able to. Auction it off at another event, hopefully. Yeah, this is Ryan Getzlaff on the Western Pizza Hotline for a few more moments here. So, Ryan, it's a big weekend coming up here. Uh, Super Bowl Sunday. A lot of Super Bowl parties are in the works. I know more than likely you're going to be watching the game because everybody watches the game. Uh, who do you got in the game this Sunday? Is it the Chiefs? Is it the 49ers? Or are you just there for the party? Uh, I'm pulling for the Niners. Um, I think the Chiefs have had enough success in the last little while. I'm a Packers fan by heart, so um, this is meant I to would, be. Uh, this is meant to be Ryan Getzlaff. You're talking guy? with a Packers fan. My producer today, Ryan McNally, also a Packers fan. So uh, I got my Packers right, shareholder boy. certificate hanging on the wall. So tell us about that story. Oh, yeah? How did you become a Green Bay Packers fan? Honestly, I don't even know. Um, when I was a kid, I think I just loved the way Brett Favre swung yeah. it around. So, I uh, I just went to, I went with him. Yeah. 
How cool was that when Regina boy John Ryan uh, played a couple seasons with the Green Bay Packers? That just really cemented the case, don't you think? Yeah, that helps get you that hometown support for sure. Yeah. Ryan Getzlaff here on the Western Pizza Hotline. Last question for you. So uh, going into next year, this is the second annual Saskatchewan Rough Rider Foundation uh, Winter Classic. Is this something that uh, you'd be open to doing uh, on a yearly basis? Has there been talks about uh, what's coming up next year? Or are we just kind of still sitting in the, you know, the lust of what this weekend was? I mean, $75,000. But I guess the question is, is this something that you'd be willing to do from time to time? Oh, trying to get a commitment out of me right now. I like that. Um, <laughs> no, we're, uh, I'm, you know what, I'm kind of open to, to doing anything that I have time for. Um, you know, I have four young kids, so yeah. it's kind of, I usually go year by year and try to see how things go. And, um, and this year the timing worked out really well. So I'm hoping that, uh, I'm hoping that I can keep making it an annual thing. Uh, Ryan, just wanted to ask, uh, you know, have you followed the ducks much this year? I mean, uh, I, personally haven't but i uh, imagine that uh, you know they're still kind of in the middle of it uh, you know in the middle of that uh, retooling phase so uh, i guess uh, have you paid attention to the ducks at all and uh, kind of kept in touch with some of the guys on that team yeah i'm trying to i'm still working i'm doing player development for them um so i kind of keep tabs as best i can on our guys and and what direction we're going and i think that the guys are you know we're in a rebuild that's for sure so we're uh the guys are battling hard this year to try and stay in it, but um, ultimately, you know, when you have injuries and stuff, when you have a, you know, a newer or a, a young lineup, you, you don't have a lot of depth. So, um, you know, we fell off a little bit towards the towards the end of that. So, I think that the guys are uh, looking forward to the future, and we got a lot of young stars that are getting a lot of um, some, a lot of good quality playing time. And, uh, you know, you picked up uh, Cutter Goche earlier uh, this year, too. Uh, that's going to be a pretty exciting uh, player to pick up, uh, you know, for a prospect. Yeah, for sure. I haven't seen him play yet other than I saw a little bit at the World Juniors, but um, I'm told that he's uh, he's the real deal, and so we're really hoping that he can come into the lineup and at some point and, and help our hockey club. Hey, Ryan Getzlaff, thanks again for, you know, coming out and uh, supporting the Saskatchewan Rough Rider Foundation charity hockey game. $75,000 raised. And, uh, hey, enjoy the Super Bowl this Sunday. I am going to say, as Packer fans, we probably shouldn't be cheering for the 49ers after they daggered our hearts in the playoffs, Ryan. So maybe we should be cheering <laughs> yeah. for the Chiefs this weekend. I like to cheer. I like to cheer for whoever beats you. Then at least you, then yeah. at least you lost to the champs. Yeah, hey, that's a good point. Ryan, thanks today, man. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, John. Thank you. That's Ryan Getzlaff on the Western Pizza Hotline. As we hit the break on the other side of this commercial break, it's time to talk CFL free agency. It's time to talk maybe a bit of Super Bowl as well with the color voice of your Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Luke Mullender. That's coming up on the other side. You are listening to the Sports Cage for the Connexus Arts Center. It's 528 here on 620 CKRM. All right, your sports ticker is for Busy Bee Overhead. Busy Bee will repair or replace your residential or commercial garage doors so you don't get stuck in or out. Catch the buzz. Busy Bee Doors, the garage door specialists. National Hockey League tonight, it's a rather quiet night. Tampa Bay taking on the Rangers in New York. Dallas is in Toronto to meet the Maple Leafs. Minnesota's in Chicago. And the SJHL tonight, there's just two games on the slate. Yorkton's in Kindersley and the Flint Flom Bombers in Wilcox to meet the Notre Dame Hounds. 
Our house is your house. Welcome inside the sports cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. joined on the Western Pizza Hotline by the Cutler voice of your Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Luke Mullinder. And uh, Luke, it's been a very, very busy week when it comes to CFL free agency. I mean, uh, nothing's official yet, of course, because we have to wait until next week until the pen is actually meeting the paper because the official day of free agency does not open up until uh, the, the 13th of February. But uh, just as a landscape, as a whole, as a bird's eye view, what have you uh, made of uh, this week's transactions that are to be? Well, you know, I think that we'll start in the locker room, right? Every team um, always has to make an effort to sign the guys that they think are part of their core. Um, There's been a a few successes here already this offseason, just in the locker room alone. I think that getting Lacombo and Onyeka back, um, under contract, that was fantastic. I mean, they're two very talented Canadians. Both guys are going to contribute on special teams. And I'll tell you what, from what we've seen of them in the game, when they go in there, there's not a huge drop-off uh, with either one of them, right? I mean, they haven't gotten a ton of sustained playing time. But from what you see, though, they can hold their own. I think that Roland Milligan, if they keep him healthy this year, I think he's going to be an all-star. I thought that last year, but unfortunately he was, uh, was hurt. And... Uh, Sean Bain Jr., again, another really important piece of the puzzle. And with an offensive coordinator coming in like Mark Mueller, um, I think that you've got to get agile weapons around that guy, right? Um, He doesn't have a ton of experience as an offensive coordinator, so let's let's load him up with talent. So whatever he does roll out, there's guys on the chessboard that are exceptional. And I think that Sean Bain is one of those guys. So excited about the guys in the locker room for sure, Daniel. And the guys outside the locker room, now, again, I'll say this is not official yet. We have to wait until next week. But as soon as I saw the news of A.J. Ouellette running back from yeah. the Toronto Argonauts, as soon as I saw that news of him signing with the green and white next week, I immediately thought of Luke Mullinder because I know you I know you love his game. Yeah. I, obviously, I'm a, I'm a big believer in running the football. I, I think that... You've got to be able to tr- control the tempo in any game, especially when you look at this team over the last two years. They've lost a lot of those games in the last three minutes, right? And, and one of those, the way to win those, that last three-minute game within a game is by being able to control the clock, being able to keep possession on offense. And I know that everybody loved Jamal Morrow. I did too. I thought J-Mo was a heck of a player. But I really think that Roulette, and if they can find a way to get Hickson on the roster at the same time, I think that's a great thunder and lightning combination that, again, we're going to have some tools and some variety in there in an offensive approach. So A.J. Roulette, I mean, he comes with pedigree. He comes with uh, ability. Um, there, there's, that was a great signing. Um, the other signings I really like, uh, listen, and again, you're right, Zinger, right? None of these are, are set in stone. Mm-hmm. You get a guy like J- J- um, Jamarcus Harjik, who's been to the last four great cups. The, the locker room presence of a guy like that alone is going to be, and, and he's still got some game left. So I really like that signing. Jameer Thurman was the most unexpected news. Um, I think that anybody got in Ryderville, but it was great news. And, Take the ability to make a tackle and make a play out of it. What we get out of Jameer Thurman 
is a guy that knows what Corey Mace is going to do schematically. This guy comes in, and him and Corey Mace are already on the same page. When you have a new head coach that's calling his, his first defense as a head coach, you're going to need guys who know what's happening, guys who know what the expectation is, guys who know the ins and outs of the scheme. And Jameer Thurman is a perfect hit, um, hit there. It was a huge win for Jeremy O'Day and the staff to get him in there because, again, the faster you're able to develop your defense in training camp, the faster you're able to get guys to buy in, the more success you're going to have. I have a feeling that especially this team, you've got to start fast in 2024, and, and Jimmy Thurman was, was a great get. Adam O'Clair, this guy, Zinger, he's going to be in the prime of his career when he gets to Ryder Nation. He's got a huge opportunity to go out and compete for that Will linebacker spot. We already know that it's a Canadian spot, and now it can potentially stay like that with O'Clair. He's got some ability. He started a ton of games last year for the Red Blacks as well. And then you look at um, Jalen Cooper-Edwards out of B.C., Ryder Nation is not going to recognize him as a huge name, but when you look at the BC Lions defense last year, the one thing that you can see with whatever player was on that defense is they were physical, but they were really good tacklers, especially in the secondary. And I'm excited about Jalen Cooper Edwards coming in here. He's got the ability, but more importantly, if we look again, last year especially, when it came down the stretch, I mean, we were missing a ton of tackles out there, right, Zinger? Yeah. So a guy who, who has that ability to come in, set the tone physically in training camp, again, right now I know the pen has to hit the paper, but Zinger, there haven't been too many mistakes made by Jeremy O'Day so far. It looks good. And, again, uh, I think that Corey Mace, uh, everybody talks about him being a leader of men. I think he's got a decent staff around him. There feels like there's a lot of momentum, and, and I think that right now everybody's just sort of anticipating getting to May and getting a look at these guys in training camp. Yeah, really amped up about that signing as well. Uh, defensive back from the BC Lions, Jalen Edwards-Cooper, because, yeah, we don't have Nick Marshall anymore. Remember that, so we have to right. kind of plug in place and find our next guy there. Right, and, there's, and you know what? There's going to be some good guys coming back, right? I mean, you, you've still got uh, Amari Henderson. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure if they're going to get Jeremy Clark back, but there's still guys in that locker room that can play. And, again, you've got to have that. So you're checking a lot of boxes here with the five guys that they already sort of won in that window. And now, I guess, well, not I guess, now the, the battle is to round out your staff but manage the cap at the same time, right? Figure out which guys fit in the locker room with um, with the cap that you have left. I, I don't think Adam O'Claire came at a high number, and I think that that's a huge advantage. And, and when you have a guy who, who who is in the prime of his career and has that opportunity to really open some eyes, I mean, the sky's the limit for O'Claire. Uh, Luke, it's Ryan McNally here. I uh, just wanted to uh, circle back to your point about Jamarcus Hardrick. I mean, this offensive line has struggled, no doubt, the last two years. Uh, I guess offensive line speaking, uh, how big is he when it comes to, uh, as you mentioned, four straight Grey Cups and uh, really helped that Winnipeg Blue Bomber, I call him the brick wall because there was nothing touching uh, Zach Caleros there for a few years. Right. You know, the important thing, McNally, is that when you look at the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, the thing that made them so successful, the things that the things that made Kyle Walters so successful and that whole staff there, they built it up front. They won games in the trenches on the offensive and defensive line. And Hardrick, his reputation is not where it is because everybody watched 
Stanley Bryant. Stanley Bryant is a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's one of the best players to ever play in this league, no matter, never mind just being on the offensive line. But Hardwick, I did a ton of, because I actually, it was funny, four years ago, I didn't think Hardwick would be where he is now. I really didn't. I I thought that he might be a guy to play for a few years um, and then he's out of the league. But he's turned it around. And one of the things I really like about him is he plays mean. He's got a great personality. He's one of the guys that Winnipeg built their core around. He's got an amazing personality. He's really engaging. But when I watch him on the field for the Blue Bombers, he was mean. He plays mean. He plays physical. And that's what you need up front, that you need an identity on your offensive line. And I think that if you looked at the last two years here, one thing that you didn't say about the Saskatchewan Rough Riders was they had that mean physical identity. And I think guys like Charger get you there. And again, they're going to gravitate towards the guy. He's been to the last four great cups. That comes with pedigree. And more importantly, Harder comes in here expecting to get back, right? I'm really happy for him because, again, I didn't think he was going to get here. He deserves a big payday. He got it. But, man, he's going to come into that locker room and he's going to set the bar immediately. And, it's, and the more guys you get in the locker room like that, again, I'll go back to Jameer Thurman, the guy who's going to know the system, the quicker you're able to, to get together as a locker room, buy into each other, and go out and play fast. Luke, who else should uh, the Riders be targeting here uh, down the stretch? Oh, wow. Well, I mean, here, here, my belief is that you go for the best guys out there, right? Um, I know that guys like Eddie Emmy Berglund were, uh, have been signed by Montreal. There was a ton of guys out there that, that have been signed. I really – I really had my mind set on maybe getting Ben Flattick and changing the ratio up front. But right now, again, what you got to remember, McNally, is J.O., as, as well as he's done, he's spent money to get to where they are right now. And so he's got to play with the dollar figures now and the rest of the guys out there. So despite there being some big names still out there, I, I don't think you go out. I think that right now you've got to get depth. In that locker room, you've got to get some guys that are going to win on special teams for you. And, 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 and again, sign the guys that are currently in your locker room, right? You've done great to go and get some winning pieces. I mean, look at that. You've got, you've got Hardrick, Thurman, and, and A.J. Ouellette. Those are championship pieces. Those are championship guys, right? So now what you got to do is you got to figure out, okay, who is on a really good trajectory in this locker room? Let's get them locked in. Now, and let's get some playbooks out to these guys so they know the system coming into camp, right? Let's get playbooks in people's hands. Let's start moving forward. And May, we can circle that. Let's start back in training camp. So, again, it's not about the big names right now. Right now, you need to lock in your core. There's still some guys out there. And keep in mind, Ryder Nation, there's some guys that have been signed and they'll get announced on the way here. So we might get some nice surprises along the way, but I think that right now it's focusing on some of the guys that are in the locker room, and then building around some depth pieces that are going to help you win those close games, and especially on special teams. This is Luke Mullender, the color voice of your Saskatchewan Rough Riders on the Western Pizza Hotline. And speaking of core pieces and stuff, Luke, Anthony Lanier II looks like he's going to be moving back inside at defensive tackle. You harped on it all year last year. Do you think this is kind of a foundational uh, starting point for this Riders defense if it wants to be uh, as successful as they plan? Anthony Lanier is one of the most dominant guys um, physically if he's playing interior tackle. Um, 
Listen, I understood getting your most getting the most out of your guys last year. I hated that he was out on the edge. I was very vocal about that in certain games. Um, and you saw it. When he went inside, he was a different player. Mm-hmm. I'm really happy that he's going back inside. And I'm happy for him because I really think that he made a lot of sacrifices last year. I mean, I remember talking to him around the end of the year. And here was a guy that knew what he made. He knew what his expectations were. But he didn't want to necessarily say, man, I just didn't feel comfortable out there, right? Like, he gave it his all. And and you know what? I'm glad that they brought him back. More importantly, I'm glad that they're putting him in the right spot because I'm telling you, if he stays healthy, I know he's getting a little, he's a year older, but if he stays healthy, uh, that that is a potentially uh, a dominating force on the inside. And again, you've got, you've re-signed a guy like Shaw Beer, right? You've got some depth there. Keep working on bringing the guys back that fit systems. And remember, the nice part about Lanier now, now that he has been on the edge, the one thing that you did see, you didn't see the football IQ out there at defensive end from a CFL perspective, but what you did see is athleticism. And we have to remember that Corey Mace, I mean, he came from the same school as a guy like Devon Cagles. And when you look at Corey Mace's scheme with the Argonauts, that was a scheme that demanded athleticism, that when they needed to, they could – they could stunt, they could twist, they could loop you, or if they needed to beat you one-on-one, they could do that too. So the more guys you can get that are athletically fit to move around and be agile in a scheme, the better. And I think Lanier is going to flourish under Corey Mix. Yeah, and I want to talk about the free agents from other teams on the uh, on uh, the other side of the break uh, next segment. But uh, you, you mentioned Corey Mace, of course, not only the new head coach for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, he is the new man in charge of the defense so you probably been asked this before, Luke, on 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 these airwaves. But what kind of defense uh, can Ryder Nation expect with this Corey Mace led squad? I don't want to. I, I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to. It's hard. I really like Jason Shivers. Mm-hmm. I really did uh, as a person. I think that I think that he's going to be a good fit in Edmonton because it's going to take some pressure off him. But the one thing that I didn't see in a Jason Shiver's defense, especially over the back half of the last two years, was accountability. Um, that's the thing about Corey Mace. I think that guys guys want to play for this guy, but guys also want to be accountable for guy, uh, to guys like Corey Mace. Um, so I think that what you're going to see is you're going to see a fast flowing defense, but more importantly, you're going to see accountability. And that's why it's important to bring guys like Jameer Thurman in, right? Because they understand what's expected in a Corey Mace defense, and more importantly, they understand what's expected of a championship defense. I just, sometimes you got the feeling that Jason Shiver's guys had a lot more rope than they probably should have had. And I'll give you an example, and I've seen this happen in locker rooms. If you have a young guy, right, Zinger, if you have a young guy and you ask this young guy um, second and seven to to, to take the hook throw responsibility mm-hmm. in the defensive scheme. And that young guy instead bails back, tries to help the safety, which is not right, and they get and they get to the curler, they get to the hook, they get a first down, they can pit in it. That young guy in some defensive rooms gets ripped in front of the entire defense. And here's my here's where I make an example. If that same young guy who just sees his, his, himself get ripped Right and understands it. He's going to take the coaching and says, "You know what? I deserve that. I was out of place." But if that guy, young guy, sees a veteran go out there in the same play in the same type of situation and make the same mistake, and nobody says anything to the veteran, 
you've lost that young guy in the locker room for the rest of the year. And I just feel like there was more rope afforded to certain players in that secondary specifically, um, and I think it hurt the team. So that's the one thing I'm looking for. I'm not looking for big plays. I'm not looking for 35 turnovers a game, right? I'm looking for guys and a defense that is willing to be accountable to one another. Because, again, it's accountability that wins those three-minute drills. It's accountability that gets you that last third and four stop, right, when the game's on the line. When the defense needs to hold a drive and needs to keep this your opponent from kicking a field goal, it's accountability that gets it done. Yeah. And I think that's what you can expect from a Corey Mays defense. I think you're going to get accountable players that understand what the buy-in and expectancy is, and I think they're going to do fine once they start gelling. Love this. This is the color voice of your Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Luke Mullinder. More on the other side. We'll talk about some free agency moves from other teams in the Canadian Football League. You are listening to the Sports Cage for the Connexus Arts Centre on 620 CKRM. We're talking sports on your way home. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. All right, 5.50 inside the sports cage. Luke Mullinger on the Western Pizza Hotline here. And we've seen this in the past, the past couple of years, how the Winnipeg Blue Bombers have kind of kept the band together, if you will, re-upping their guys, keeping the same guys in-house rather than testing the free agency market. And kind of was expecting more, more of that with the Toronto Argonauts here in 2024. I mean, the team only lost two regular season games in 2023. But I'm looking at it right now. I already mentioned A.J. Olette. Uh, looks like he set the sound with your Saskatchewan Rough Riders. We got Javon Leak, all-star kick returner uh, with the Edmonton Elks. You got Jamal Peters, defensive back from the Toronto Argonauts. He's going to be in Hamilton, it looks like. And a Darius Pickett, linebacker, formerly of the Argonauts, uh, signing on with the Ottawa Red Blacks. So were you surprised at all, Luke, when you know, you've know seen all these double blue players relocating, especially after the great season that they just had in 2023 and coming off a great well, cup the year prior? No, I wasn't. I wasn't at all. And I think that, um, I think that again, I, I don't want to keep harping on it, but when you have a guy like Corey Mason, you notice how all those defenders are now really willing to leave? Mm-hmm. Right in in Toronto, like they're they're bailing, right? They're going to get their money, and they should. And, and I, I would imagine that the Argos probably gave those guys permission to say, "Hey, you need to go out and get the best offers." And found out all of a sudden these guys are getting good offers. But again, the amount of guys that are leaving, especially on defense, I mean, it's clear that once Mace left, they're like, "Hey, you know what? I, I can be as open as I." I don't think if Corey Mace is still in Toronto as their defensive coordinator, I don't think he's guys committing to other teams this early. I think that they would have waited a little bit longer, maybe got into free agency, had a conversation. But, yeah, again, who knows, right? Um, Who knows what's left there? And more importantly, we don't know the culture, right? You never know who who guys like to be coached by. You never know who guys gravitate towards in the locker room. And I'm not saying that they don't gravitate towards Dinwiddie, but the guys who are leaving, those are are big pieces. Huge pieces. Javon Lee. I honestly didn't know a ton about him until we went to Touchdown Atlantic. And when I watched him, I'm like, boy, this this is another CFL All-Star. He's a player now. And I I think the world of that kid, and and it kind of sucks that he's coming out to Edmonton because he makes them better. But that's 
that's the goal of every team is to get better in the offseason, right? So yeah. you can't knock them for it. Yeah, I guess we'll get to see him play more often, him being an Edmonton rather in Toronto. Uh, yeah, Winnipeg did lose a big well piece on their touch, defense, right? uh, though. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Luke. No, sorry, man. I was just saying, you just hope he doesn't play well against us. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Winnipeg's uh, defense did lose a key part. Demario Houston, all-star cornerback. Looks like he's uh, signing on the dotted line with the Calgary Stampeders uh, next week yeah. if uh, the reports uh, hang true. Uh, by no surprise, though, it looks like Dalton Schoen and Brady Oliveira will be staying in Winnipeg. Uh, no surprise there, right? No. Again, Kyle Walters is just like Jeremy O'Day in that he has to keep his core guys in the locker room as well, right? Um, and here's the one thing. Demario Houston might be leaving in Winnipeg, but if there's one thing about the job Ted Govaya and um, Danny McManus have done with Kyle Walters, they've managed to find incredibly talented defensive backs as a staff. So Demario Houston losing is a gap for them, but I'm pretty sure that they have all the confidence in the world that there's two or three guys on their roster. I mean, just look at it. Just look at the guys who have spent a year in the Winnipeg system over the last few years and gone to the NFL. Um, I can't remember his name, but the, last year he went to, uh, right to the Falcons from being a rookie in Winnipeg. They have done a fantastic job at finding talent, Ted Gavaya and Danny McManus, and, and having those conversations around um, administrative yeah. needs when it comes to – Kyle Walters. So, again, I don't think they're worried. I wouldn't be worried if I was them, right? They got Dalton Schoen's incredibly talented, and they got the one of the probably the best back in the league next to A.J. Ouellette back. So, Winnipeg is going to continue to be good, guys, right? But as long as they continue to, to keep that staff cohesive. I really actually think that it was it – was, when they saw that Jordan Younger was ready to take over the defense, I think that that was something that was planned. So – they're they're clearly paying as much attention developmentally to their staff as they are their players. So again, I expect Winnipeg to be good, and I don't expect them to be that worried about losing Houston because I think they're doing a great job bringing in talent. Yeah, I remember a couple years ago. Uh, I think it was Winston Rose. It was uh, during the 2019 season. He had a huge year. Then I think he signed on with Cincinnati, and then after that, I mean, he's he's back in Winnipeg. Uh, yeah, they just keep finding defensive backs. Yeah, it's a, it's a mind-boggling. Yeah, it's like they're holding that. a secret DBs camp that nobody else is holding in the CFL. Yeah. Hey, uh, the the other big uh, acquisition. I mean, we've come this far in our conver- uh, in our conversation. We talked about running backs earlier with AJ Olette, but how about Willie Stanback? William Stanback looks like he's moving over uh, to the West Coast in the BC Lions. I mean, it, it's no surprise that you know he's one of the top three backs still in the Canadian Football League. No. Yeah, he's one of those guys though that you always that you always follow, but he needs to be healthy. With when you when you mention his name, mm-hmm. uh, I think he's on the other side of his career. I do think that when uh, that sorry BC needed a running back, and you can't go wrong with a guy like Stanback. I love the physicality that he plays with. Um, they've just got to do something to keep him healthy. Uh, that's obviously putting a good offensive line behind them, having talented running backs to take them off the field if they need to in second and seven-plus situations. I think that they're going to get a lot out of them, but again, they're taking that risk, as you do with every great player in this league, by the way. Standback is not the only player that needs to stay healthy. 
Jameer Thurman also needs to stay healthy. AJ Ouellette also needs to stay healthy. Jamarcus Sargis also needs to stay healthy, right? But it, the reason we bring it up with standback is because he missed so much time last year. And you always have to remember, Zinger, this is a running back position. It's one of the most physical positions in sports. And, and we're starting to see those windows of windows of careers, especially highly productive careers. Those windows are getting smaller and smaller as defenses get smarter and faster. Yeah. There's no doubt. DeAndre Alford, I believe, is the one that went to Atlanta, right? The corner. There's another guy. Yeah, I think that came, that's him, yep. That yeah, came to mind, so they are just floating out the corners. We have about a minute left here, Luke. Who uh, do you got in the Super Bowl coming up here oh, Sunday? Chiefs, 49ers, well, what do you know, got? I'm, I'm like the 90, rest of the 90% of football fans out there. Uh, I want both teams to lose. I will say this. You know, for as long as we saw New England dominate, they won not six, like six Super Bowls. People are acting like... The NFL didn't shove Giselle Bunchin down our face every single or down our throat every single opportunity to get, right? That's like, true. I, I don't get the hysteria around Taylor Swift. Here's the one thing, though, guys. I've watched some of the media days and, and some of the hype leading into the Super Bowl, and I see all these fans. Every time somebody from KC has a, a platform, like a microphone, everybody starts booing. I don't, I don't think it's a wise thing to poke the bear. I don't think it's a wise thing that the, that the, that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to go in here feeling like they got something to prove. Because that's a dangerous team, and I think they're going to come in there angry. And that's not what I want them to do. I want to come. I want them to come and lose, having fun, and just you know enjoying the moment. But to me, as the league the, the week goes on, and I watch the festivities around, and I see the pro San Francisco vibe, I just feel like. We're poking a polar bear and a hungry polar bear, and that's not going to turn out good for anybody. So I kind of I got the Chiefs. I'm not going. I think I, I think the Chiefs are going to find a way to pull it out. And uh, again, they're they're tremendously well coached. I think the coaching uh, gap is still tilted towards Andy Reid and his staff, and their defense is playing well too. So uh, there's only one quarterback we haven't seen succeed in the Super Bowl in this game, and it's not Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Hey, enjoy your Western pizza. I'm sure you're going to have some during Super Bowl Sunday, Luke. And, uh, oh, and uh, dude, th- I was listening to the commercial. I can't wait to chop in for some Western. Yeah, order the number two. I believe that's the the pepperoni and, and bacon. Uh, that's the most popular pizza, a Western pizza, by the way. If uh, there's a little fun fact it. for you, number two on the I'm menu. I'm on it. There we go, Luke. Thanks for the time today, man. And uh, enjoy the game on Sunday. And we'll talk to you maybe next week. Talk soon, boys. That's awesome. Cutler voice of your Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Luke Mullinder on the Western Pizza Hotline. And we are overboard here, but hey, that's the way she goes sometimes when you got great guests. This has been the Sports Cage. You can find any of the conversations if you missed them on our podcast later. It will be up later tonight. Uh, Ryan McNally, big thank you for you or to you today for the production. And uh, Regina Pats Hockey, remember, coming up tonight, 8 p.m. puck drop pregame show at 7.30 here on 620 CKRM. News is next. Today's sports cage has come to a close. Miss a segment? Download or stream the podcast now at sportscage.ca. Get your sports straight from the source. 620 CKRM.